Get your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Smallman Podcast on 101 ESPN. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Carriker Smallman and Danny Mac on 101 ESPN. It is 7.01. I think my clock is right this morning. 7.01, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Here we are, kids, on December 9th, 2021. And two weeks from tomorrow will be our last workday before Christmas. We are 15 days away from Christmas wow. Eve. 2021 is flying. Yeah, it, well, it's flown. It's, it's flown. Done. You're it done. It's flown. Yeah, it, We're at the finish line. It, it's over. So there's a great story from the ABA, old school ABA, where the Spirits of St. Louis were playing a game in, I believe it was New Jersey. It was against the Nets, the New York Nets. And Marvin Barnes, moving Marvin, missed the plane back to St. Louis, where the Spirits were going to play the Kentucky Colonels that night. It was a, a morning flight, so he and they flew commercial, so he's, he could easily get a flight back from New York to St. Louis. And so rather than being on the 8.30 flight, he gets booked for the 10 o'clock flight, misses it. And then they book him on the 2 o'clock flight. They said, Marvin, no problem. We'll get you home by 5. You can get to the arena, and you'll play in the game. Uh, he misses the 2 o'clock flight. So he decides, with no flights going out of New York until like 7 o'clock, that he is going to charter his own airplane. Now, he's making, not making a ton of money, but he charges uh, he, he charters a $10,000 flight right after 2 o'clock from New York to St. Louis. Lands at 6.30 races in a cab to the arena and while he is in the cab he's changing clothes clothes into his game shorts and jersey which he has in his bag and he has this huge fur coat full length fur coat and gets to the arena at about 6:58 walks into the locker room at 702 game starting at 705 takes off the coat with the spirits of St. Louis jersey on and says to his teammates boys Game time Man, is on, on time. time. <laughs> it's the best story ever. That's incredible. <laughs> Wasn't he the one that didn't want to get on planes because he said he didn't want to get on a time machine? It, it was a game, uh, game in Louisville, yeah. and the flight out of Louisville was at 8.07 Eastern and landed. It was like a 55-minute flight and landed in St. Louis at 7.02 <laughs> Central. So get on at 8.07 and get off at 7.02, and Marvin says to Bob Costas, you can get on there, man, but I ain't getting on no time machine. <laughs> yep. I'm telling you, man, I still have people in my walk of life that don't understand time change. Oh, 
Hey, can you imagine working in a time zone and then driving into another for, for like, driving from home into another, another time zone for work? No, that's bizarre. Like in, in Atlanta, right between uh, Tennessee and Georgia, you can literally live in one time zone and right. work in another. That would suck. I try to tell people, like, okay, we're going East Coast, so jump up an hour, and that's why the, the, the flight isn't as long mm-hmm. as you think, and they, it just doesn't register. No. How it do you guys register? do with going into different time zones, though? And the one that kills me is Arizona because they don't do daylight savings time, yeah. so I never know whether it's one or two hours. But I am not really good. I have to keep a watch on that doesn't change time zones so I know what time it is central time. I'm I don't adjust with it. very well. Are it, you? It's been 25 years, yeah. though. You've been doing it a long time. It took me a long time. Yeah, I, I kind of have it, but I still mess up. But I'm with you. I put a watch on central. central. Yeah. Well, or your phone will just reset for you wherever you go. Yeah, but your true. phone, though, will be in whatever time zone you're, you're in, in, and then you yeah. call back home, or you're, you know, you're trying oh, to yeah, think, like, right. what's going on at home, mm-hmm. and... Yeah. You don't have the right time. So anyway, long story These short. Are really good story. Uh, very no short story long here, actually. I, yeah. <laughs> is good segment. Dan showed up a minute before we went on the air. Why are you said, calling me out about well, this? Because you said game time is on time and I want people to know why we mm-hmm. said the story. Dan can do a spectacular show, game time is on time. When you've done it as long as we have, we can do game time is on time with no problem at all. But I've been up since three thirty trying to study Every segment, I know you have, you know, I know you have. And, and what I want to contribute to the show. So, so your St. Louis you know. Blues are in action tonight, Blues such as tonight? they are at the moment. Uh, they play the Detroit oh, Red Wings. Okay. And by the way, I know you want it to be, but it's not punch a Red Wing fan in the face day. Two things have happened. Number that one, that is the, your thing. Yeah. Well, it was a fast lane thing. It was a community thing. It was oh, a celebration. Okay. Gotcha. And <laughs> a celebration. I, I know that you <laughs> want to get involved, but two things have happened. Number one. Uh, the Red Wings have gone to another conference, and we only have them here once a year. Actually, three things have happened. They've gone to another conference. They went into a little bit of a lull, and their fans quit showing up. And then there was the, uh, what's a, it became politically incorrect to punch a Red Wing fan in the face. Yeah, we don't we, condone violence. No, when we started this station in 2009. We did. It was <laughs> It was fun. It was cool. And somewhere along the line, people decided, oh, let's protect the Red Wing fans. They're a little bit... uh, You get called out for a lot of little things. I'm just going to say that. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But that is like the least of the Danny knocks against you. You have... Oh, yeah, it is. You have uh, watched Slapshot on multiple occasions. I just watched right? it two weeks ago. See, it's one of the all-time it's on Showtime. Great movies. need to see it, Michelle. Yeah, she just list. looked at me like, "Are you going to ask it?" So, yeah, I'm going to ask you. you I know. Like, it. sorry, Dan. Yep. You know, I haven't seen it. <laughs> Several years ago, the Blues are in the playoffs. I mean, against, Paul Newman was fantastic yeah, in that movie. Yeah, the Blues are in the Blackhawks against the oh, Blue Eyes. Yeah, Blues, Blues are in the playoffs against the Blackhawks, and uh, it wasn't Seabrook, but it was that series. And I don't remember who the player was, but I do remember specifically we were doing the show at Patio's right next to Bush Stadium, and I started the show. I was the producer that day. Yeah, by by saying, I've got a hundred bucks of my own money for any blues player that'll knock that creep out of the game. And we actually started getting people that were donating, saying, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll join this movement. And so we basically put a bounty on... I'll, I'll think of the player. The pot got pretty big. Was it, it Duncan it Keith? No, it was a forward. Uh, it wasn't Andrew Shaw. It was uh, the other guy in that series. Anyway, so like during the second break, John Kioski, our general manager, calls me. 
And he says, you can't put a bounty on a player's head. And I thought it was a slap shot thing. And I said, I just did. And hung up on him. And then he called up and said, no, you really, you know, you really can't do that. Seriously, can't. you guys need to stop this immediately. So did you go back on the air and say, look, I was just kidding. Yeah, I had yeah. to apologize. Yeah, because they thought that the Blues player would take me up on it. They're not going to take you up on it. They're just going to do it on their own because they're already making <laughs> exactly. a bajillion times more than whatever yeah. the bounty would have gotten to. Right. So anyway, the Blues play the Red Wings tonight. Like no red, no punch a Red Wing fan in the face today. And the Blues will be playing again a man short because they lost another player the other night. And Jake Wallman, they actually lost a couple of players because Ville Husso got hurt. So the Blues have signed John Gillies to play goal. Behind their starter tonight, Charlie Lindgren. Those are your two goalies, Charlie Lindgren and John Gillies. So some semblance of the Blues are playing tonight. Yeah. The, the sweaters will be the same. They will. They can't bring up Joel Hofer because he makes 850000 plus bonuses. And if they brought him up, it would put them over the salary cap. I think the NHL has got to rethink this. They do. Yeah. Um, this is ridiculous. It, it is. Uh, it is. Ultimately, you want the best product on the ice, right, which means yeah. the best players in the world. So wherever they come from, they come from. Now, I would understand that the NHL, I would like to think, exhausted all ideas in thinking that, well, what happens if what they have right now, this scenario of all these guys that have hit COVID or, uh, or injured or whatever, but it seems like this has kind of caught them off guard. You would like to think that they thought of all possibilities, but last year they had taxi squads. Well, <laughs> and think about it, though. Did they anticipate having half a team out, like what's going no, on no. with the Islanders? And this is why you... When would, they probably yep. were drawing, yeah. drawing up these yeah. rules. As a league, you have to be nimble enough to change. The NHL changes stuff in the middle of the season all the time. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why... Gary Bettman can't get together with Don Fear and say, okay, we can do one of two things. We can either set it up so that if you're on COVID or on the COVID list, you don't count against the cap or we'll reinstate taxi squads like we had last year. Here's the thing. You're vaccinated. You, tr you make an effort to try to help the league by being on the ice, by getting vaccinated. You get COVID through no fault of your own and you get put on the COVID list and it counts against the cap. You don't try, you don't get vaccinated and you get COVID and you get suspended without pay and it doesn't count against the cap. Right. I, I don't understand it. No it. No. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think that probably when they were making up COVID rules and it's something that they hadn't had to deal with in the, in the past, they didn't anticipate this because no. vaccines were readily available and they thought, well, maybe this is my guess. Yeah. You know, maybe a player here or there pops. Okay, we can handle that. But not half the team, not right. the Islanders. We're not going to have to cancel games. Yeah, and right. now they're canceling games, yeah. and and uh, it's just not right because again, ultimately, you want the best product on the ice for the fans. You do. Yeah. You want the best players you can find and put them on right. the ice. That's what it's all about. And right now, we don't have that. I'm sure that they were thinking that there wouldn't be this many breakthrough cases, exactly. especially when yeah. they had the majority of the league. Well the overwhelming majority of the league get vaccinated. But isn't it 10 days that a player has to be mm -hmm. out or until they test right. negative? And you have to think about that. In that 10-day period, if this person was in close contact with so many other people on the team, there's a huge chance that while they're out, other people will test positive. We've right. seen it in a lot of other sports. So to me, they even with the breakthrough cases probably being worst-case scenario for them, they should have looked at the duration that players would be out and do the math that, right. that a team could be missing a lot of players at once. And Binner will be back next week. Now, the Blues will be without Jake Wallman tonight. They were already down a man.
two nights ago because of injury. And because another player got hurt, they have to play a man short again tonight. Here's Doug Armstrong. Obviously, I find it strange the way it's written that you we, we played short last night. Uh, they allowed us to bring up a guy so we don't have to play short two games in a row. But because another guy got hurt, we can't recall two guys. It's so we could actually. So let's say somebody gets hurt. We'll have to play short. We'll have to play short until we go through a game where someone doesn't get hurt. It's unbelievable. Stupid rule. And you start looking at the list of the players that are out. I mean, these are players that you would anticipate being some of them on your first or your second lines. I mean, you got guys that are playing out of position. You've got guys that would be maybe healthy scratches on normal days. Um, you've got fourth line players moving up to the second line. And you're mixing and matching. And that's why I thought the, the game the other night was their best win of the year. It's the best win they've had in a long time. Now, does it carry over to tonight? I guess we're going to find out. But um, I, I thought there was no chance. When they were outshot 20-5 to 5 the other night, I thought this is going to be awful. Brutal. This is going to be a bad game. Bad home loss. And they win that game. I mean, that's stealing two points. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they can do that consistently with the lineup that they're putting out. The other thing, too, that I keep thinking about is not only are the Blues getting punished for things that are out of their control, but then you're putting the players who are playing in a position where they could get burnt out or they are more susceptible to get injured if they're not playing in position or they're playing extra minutes. That's what I think. Playing out of position, all of a sudden you find yourself in vulnerable spots that normally you're not used to. Right. And that's when guys get hurt. For sure. So you're you're putting a team that's already at a deficit in a position yep. to ab- absorb more injuries. So 6 o'clock pregame tonight, 7 o'clock face-off. Curbs and Joey here on 101 ESPN. We're off and running. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 65780. Sick of it. Oh, by the way, it was Brian Bickle. Brian Bickle was the guy. Oh. Yeah. That, uh, I remember. Yeah. So. I got those phone calls too, Randy. <laughs> it was kind of fun. Make sure he apologizes. <laughs> Sick of it. Coming your way next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. I'm over it, Sharon. I can't take this no more. I am done. I am sick of it. Do you hear me? Sick of it. I can't take it anymore. These people are the worst. Character and Smallman are sick of it. Time for Sick of It on 101 ESPN. Michelle, Dan, Randy, Andrew, you, 65780, the Air Comfort Service text line. Guys, uh, Winter League Baseball is going on down in the Dominican and down in Puerto Rico, other outposts in Central and South America. And as you might guess, there are players on 40-man rosters that are playing in the Winter Leagues. There are also coaches that are coaching down in the Winter Leagues. Players and coaches have been instructed in winter leagues by Major League Baseball to not talk to each other about the lockout, even though they're in the same dugout and in the same clubhouse every single day. I am sick of the pettiness of Major League Baseball. Just sick of it. Do they think that's realistic? I don't know. It's silly. I I think maybe, though, the idea would be, hey, we've had a lot of consternation. We've had a lot of issues during uh, the, the COVID season, so... Maybe if we make it a mandate that people don't talk about it, things don't get out, and the pettiness that we heard during 2020 trying to get back is not there. So maybe that's a good thing. So I'm going to take the other side of it and say maybe it's a good thing. However, human nature would lend you to believe that uh, there's probably some conversation between human beings 
Now, whether that said conversation is going to talk about the lockout, who knows? Maybe it's about, um, you know, your family, new car you got, you love the workout, eh, whatever. But maybe it is about the lockout. Who knows? Yeah, pretty funny. Yeah. Everybody's texting. It might not be in the dugout, mm-hmm. but they're talking about it. Absolutely. You know what I'm sick of, guys? It I want to know. It being 4 p.m. and dark outside. I don't like it either. I even said that to somebody yesterday. It is the worst. It feels like 9.30 and it's 4 o'clock. I am sick of Randy winning the fight. Ooh, good Ooh, one. Dan. Yeah, I'm sick of it because I... Uh, was at a place. I picked up food for somebody that uh, we were working on a show. I said, hey, let me go get you something. He's working very hard. I walk into the place. I go to pick up the food. Hey, Danny Mac, how are you, sir? Great. I listened to you on 101. Thank you very much. He goes, how do I take on Randy? Because I'm, uh, I'm going to take him down, and uh, I'm sick of him winning. I said, you know what? We're kindred spirits. I said, I'm sick of it as well. I'm very sick of you winning, Randall. Sick of it. Is, so somebody needs to take him down today. Is that person going to text in? I told him to. I said, hey, if you text in, I said, I'll, I'll get you on. Some way, somehow. I, no, I don't know if this guy... Shut that thing off, Aunt. I don't I don't like it. Um, I'm he sick didn't of like that. the Yankees either. I'm sick of that thing, too. That little machine that you play all your little sound bites in. Oh, I did. His victory sounds. I told him, I said, hey, you know, text in. That's how you got to get in. And I said, do you think you can you can win? He goes, I, I, th- I think I can give him a run. I said, okay, well, you got to go hard if you're going to go after the champ. Yeah, if you come at the king, you best not miss. That's right. <laughs> Andrew, what do we got on the text line? <laughs> All right, from the 314, <laughs> this person, they're sick of not no one cleaning the microwave at work. Oh, that's yeah, so the gross. Worst. That person... Should be suspended without pay for a couple days. The person that didn't clean the micro, that used the microwave and then didn't clean it, it is gross. Uh, pardon bet- me, that was the six three six. Oh, we okay. don't want anyone getting upset. Good call. I bet if that was the consequence, Randy, a lot of people would be more considerate about their microwave use. I would hope so. Yeah, suspended without pay. Without pay. Yep. You hey. really do that, huh? And I don't even use the microwave here, but I do find it disgusting that people would put you something have a in the microwave. In Traeger. Traeger. Yeah. But I, I don't... Traeger, Traeger, whatever the hell it is. I used to, uh, when I was working afternoon, sometimes uh-huh. I would bring in stuff to microwave. But the, I always kept the microwave clean. I'm sure Now, there did. was somebody here, and I don't know who it was. But one of the worst things that you can do in an office environment is to uh, overcook popcorn in the microwave. Because all the way down the hall, you get that stench. Somebody did that on a regular basis back in the day here. I don't know who it was. The worst is the person that comes in and they microwave fish. Oh man, I can't microwave imagine. fish. Also, I mean, also suspended without pay. Yes. How about fire? microwave fish? People do that. Yeah. Really? In a work environment. Oh yeah. Trying to be healthy. Get a big bass. Omega threes. Get some fish in there. Catch a bass out at the uh, the bush wildlife area in the morning, or a trout, or whatever you're catching. I don't know. You probably don't catch trout out there. And then just bring it in and put it on a plate and put it in the microwave. Well, you got to clean it first. I don't know, Dan. <laughs> All right. I'm assuming this texture might be alluding to the Jacob Truba hits. He plays mm-hmm. for the New York Rangers. But from the 314, I'm sick of NHL players who lay good, all caps, clean hits, having to fight because guys won't keep their heads up. Yeah. it's uh, Scott Stevens is nodding on yeah, it, that text. It, it is a different league now. There's no doubt that it was 
uh, different league than it was in the 90s. When's the last fight you saw? Yeah, it's been a long time. Well, Shenner. Shenner yeah. gets in a fight. Brandon Shen. I remember I'm, the last one I remember for the Blues, and I'm sure there's been one since, but was opening night when Shen fought in the first, uh, you know, 90 minutes or 90 seconds, rather, whatever it was. And nobody's got the Tony Twists or the Kelly no. Chasers or the, the Probies anymore. We need those tough guys. You know what I noticed was Kyle Clifford, the, you know, the Blues brought Kyle Clifford in to be physical. He was fighting the other night for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Good. Well, he's got a skill then. <laughs> All right. Which Rand- we didn't see here. So we, he was kind of like the proverbial nice guy, friendly guy. No, no problems with Kyle Clifford, the guy. But essentially, in St. Louis, he was a no-tool player. Did you ever see Clifford the Big Red Dog? Uh, yeah, we had the books and everything. I guess there's a movie coming out. I enjoyed that show with my kids. too. Shout out to Clifford. Now, tell me this, though. Pretty good. Should, should, in a movie, spoiler alert, should you take Clifford the Big Red Dog into a clinic to be DNA tested to find out why he's so big? I mean, shouldn't it just... <laughs> I mean, he's an anomaly for they're sure. They're taking him away from his family so that they can find out why, he, I guess, why he's so big. I don't think that that's what you want to show four-year-old kids. Why can't you have movies be happy for four- and five-year-old kids? That's a thing? Clifford the Big Red Dog movie, yeah. It's a live-action version. Oh, okay. It is, yeah. I'm surprised it's not accepting and loving that he's so big and all, all dogs come in all shapes and sizes. It's ridiculous that they would do something mean to a dog. You're the only one that thought of it that way, though, Randall. No, if you're a six-year-old kid, you're thinking, oh, this should be this should be loving. This should be caring. There should not be any animosity. There should not be conflict. This should just be a fun movie where people get to pet and climb on a big red dog. And they don't in this movie? Well, no, it's apparently, by all accounts, a movie where scientists want to take over and torture the dog in huh. testing. Science. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'll, I'll get the. Uh, I'll get the thing. All right. Me. Andrew has one more for okay, us. Okay. Good. All right. Well, speaking of red things, we're talking the Cardinals. This uh, this texter from the three one four. I'm sick of the Cardinals management talking up players so they don't have to make trades. Yeah. It's everybody talks up their prospects. Every. If you don't, you're doing a disservice to those guys and your your team. Can you imagine if John Mozeliak had a press conference and said, name name any player that has been... Can you imagine if he, he was asked about Paul DeYoung and was like, meh, we don't really love him, but he's under contract. You know, that's... Yeah, yeah, imagine right, what the exactly. fan reaction would be for that. Yeah. They'd say, why would you say that? That's not a shrewd move. You, If you're trying to move him, you need to talk him up. So he can't win no matter what he says. If he actually yep. does believe what he says, that Paul DeYoung's gone through a lot of obstacles, but there's still a lot that the Cardinals believe they can extract from him. Even if he doesn't believe that, and he's, he could believe it genuinely, but even if he doesn't believe it, if he's trying to move him, he needs to say things like that publicly. Right. And... It'd be kind of fun if uh, he would come on and say, yeah, he's not great. But he's not going to say that, even if he thinks he's not great, because he wants to maintain the value of the guy. Yeah, can you imagine if somebody asked him about a prospect and he was like, mm, average at best. Yeah, right. We yeah. don't really think he's going to develop into much. That great. Yeah. Hey, thanks for your text, 65780. Coming up, we're going to head to the Brown Group and Celebrity Line. Greg Amzinger, MLB Network, joins us next on 101 ESPN. 
We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Character and Smallman started in May of 2020 in the midst of the pandemic and no sports happening. So we had to create some content. We had to come up with some ideas. Right now, there's a lockout in Major League Baseball, and there are no name image likenesses on MLB.com. Greg Amzinger and the crew at MLB Network are very limited as to what they can do in terms of name image likeness. Greg joins us now on 101 ESPN via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. First of all, good morning, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's 35 degrees, so I'm not playing golf. I could be better. But um, other than that, I'm doing great. I like where you're going, though. What are you getting at here, It's content creation. I want to know, are you coming up with a lot of ideas, and is it actually kind of fun? Yes. A, I I actually enjoy that part of the job. I've always said I, I, I approach my line of work like a producer, my favorite moment of the day during the, the summer is having a production meeting, throwing stuff against the wall, see what sticks. Uh, we prepare for all the games to be boring. And hopefully you leave all these great ideas on the cutting room floor uh, because there's a no-hitter or there's a guy looking for his third home run tonight and you have to go to live looks. But in a moment like this, we are having a daily think tank to come up with content. Uh, for example, on Monday, I'll be taking the top 100 draft prospect show. So these are the top kids that are seniors in high school right now, juniors in college, some sophomores in college, who could be in the mix to be first-round picks in the uh, MLB draft, which is in the summer, which is a ways away. But we can obviously show video of these young men, interview these young men. Uh, that's content for us. Tom Verducci came up with an outstanding idea that I think is going to come together, uh, fingers crossed, that would lead into January's Hall of Fame election announcement with the BBWAA, and that is that is this. You guys would get into this. So MVP and Cy Young hasn't been handed out regularly since the 1950s. Why don't we go back and year by year have some members of the BBWAA, we anoint different voters for this, just like they do with the BBWAA. And we give you the finalists for the 1938 AL MVP in Cy Young. I love that idea. Their numbers. And we announce, we announce who the MVP in Cy Young of those seasons would be. How great would that be? So hopefully that comes to fruition. And Greg, that sounds super fun, but hopefully we have you talking about players and games and matchups sooner rather than later. And I know no one really knows how this is going to play out, but you obviously run in circles with a lot of very informed people. So what are you hearing about when this lockout could end? Well, you know, the great thing about this negotiation um, compared to previous labor stoppages, which we always love to compare to, uh, Zoom didn't exist back then. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that, that is important. Because the technology we have today means the two sides are interacting with each other often daily. I mean, it's happening a lot. And because they're not in person, they're not in the same hotel, which is, of course, when the deadline expired, they were all in Arlington. Uh, That's reported. You have droves of media go and follow Tony Clark, follow uh, the commissioner. And, And because they're not meeting in person, we think nothing's happening. But thanks to technology, There is a lot of dialogue, and to me, that's reassuring. I really don't believe we're going to miss a game of the regular season. I don't think we are. Are we going to have an entirely expanded, full-throttle spring training? 
That remains to be seen. There are issues that are hard line for both sides, and they are not going to bend. At least that's where we're standing right now. But the dialogue and how much back and forth there is right now, to me, is a great sign that a deal will inevitably get done. I was uh, thrilled for Jim Cott getting into the Hall of Fame. I'm sure you guys did a lot on this with what's going on. I I know Jim fairly well, but uh, long overdue in my opinion, Greg. He's outstanding. He's a Hall of Fame man. And and there are a couple guys to me. I mean, Buck O'Neill, who's just a trailblazer uh, getting in, um, unfortunately, after he's passed away. So many people loved him. Uh, But to, to see someone like Jim Cott, Gil Hodges, you know, those three guys specifically, Hall of Fame men, their lives committed to baseball in, in multiple facets. And Jim, I mean, my goodness to me, he should have been the Hall of Fame as a broadcaster years ago. He's outstanding calling games. Uh, I, I love the guy, dear friend. One of the most incredible stories of Jim Cott. And, and if you, sometimes you need to be reminded how great these older men are as athletes. How incredibly, 16 gold gloves. And he wasn't a little guy like Greg Maddox. He's a big strapping six foot three, six foot four guy bouncing off the mound like a cat, hence the name Kitty. And, and to shoot a 75 on your 75th birthday, <laughs> left handed and right handed, I'm sorry. He, he shot a 75 left handed and right handed on his 75th birthday. I'm, it's one of the most incredible athletic achievements I've ever heard of. Uh, I talk to him every time I see him about it. Great guy. I was happy to see Gil Hodges get in, Tony Oliva, Minnie Minoso. I mean, long overdue Hall of Famers. I think they got it right. Okay, Greg, 1938, Jimmy Fox, playing with the Red Sox, had a 1.166 OPS, 50 homers, 170 RBIs, and he hit 349. But Hank Greenberg with the Tigers hit 315, a 1.122 OPS, but Greenberg had 58 and 147. Now, you also had Rudy York from Detroit, who had 33 and 126. I wonder if Greenberg and York might take votes away from each other and hand the 1938 MVP to Jimmy Fox. And, oh, by the way, the Yankees finished nine and a half games ahead of everybody. Their best player was DiMaggio. So he probably gets a little uh, bump there, too. Yes, and may I remind you, we have to channel the minds of the writers at the time, right? right? So they valued stuff like grittiness, a guy that played every day. There were MVPs that you could scratch your head on and be like, what? I mean, it's not as black and white, look at a spreadsheet, here's your MVP, as it is today. That's how we we, we look at numbers and go, oh, the narrative matters. One of my favorite uh, MVP finalists, and this is not going way back in the the time capsule, Larry Boa finished in the top three one year for, for MVP. And Larry Boa maybe had three home runs that season. But if you followed the Phillies every day, you saw the immense value with someone like Larry Boa. Ozzie Smith had many MVP votes throughout his career. And he wasn't going to lead the league in slugging ever. I mean, to me, these are things that matter. And I know we want to vote based on OPS, OPS plus, all that stuff. But if we, I think you're into the show, Randy. I think you would love to be part of this show. This is awesome. It's awesome, right? Uh, we could dive into it, but also include the mindset of that era of baseball. Because, you know, th- th- if you're a slugger uh, hitting cleanup for your respective team, you're not taking a pitch that's maybe a half inch up in the zone 
to increase your on-base percentage. You were paid to drive in runs. You could have cared less what your on-base percentage was in 1938. It was a different mindset. So I, I think we have to go through it from that prism, and it would be a fun project to execute. And by the way, one of the all-time great debates, we had the debate a few years ago because we had analytics between Miguel Cabrera, who won the Triple Crown, and yeah. Mike Trout. And people were saying, well, Cabrera won the the Triple Crown. He's got to win the MVP. 1941, Ted Williams wins the Triple Crown. 37 homers, yeah. 100 and, uh, let's see, 120 RBIs, tied for the RBI lead, and hit 406. Hit 406, but DiMaggio, who had the 56-game hitting streak, he won the MVP. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's because he did something we had never seen before. And that was more valuable. Uh, to me, I think they got it right. DiMaggio, with that, he captivated the nation with that hitting streak. If you go back and watch anything regarding Joe DiMaggio's hitting streak, it was the only thing people were talking about coast to coast. How long can he do it? Every newspaper article was about it in the sports page. So, you know, that, that is extremely valuable. And I'm okay with a narrative reigning supreme in a conversation for most valuable player. Maybe. I, I thought, I'll I thought tell you this. May, Greg, maybe my favorite interview that I've ever done was with Ted Williams, and I asked him about that specifically. I said, if you would have been playing in New York and DiMaggio would have been playing in Boston, would you have won the MVP? He said, oh, no doubt about it. No doubt that I would have won <laughs> if I would have been playing in New York. Well, yeah, but playing in New York with all that pressure, I mean, Ted Williams did not get along with the media no. in Boston. <laughs> And, and Boston, love Boston, but it, it's not exactly that powerhouse media market of New York. So if he couldn't get along with the friends in Boston, would he have hit a triple crown? Would he have the triple crown being irritated on a daily basis by, you know, 30% more media members every day at his locker in New York? I, I, who knows? You know, things change. DiMaggio wore it well. He, he, he loved the limelight, and he really enjoyed the attention he got during that hitting streak. So the egos and all the things that kind of irritate athletes, it all goes into it, man. It really does. But I want to say this. I'm still upset that Sal Perez wasn't an AL MVP finalist. I, I thought I agree. he deserved it over Marcus Simeon. Marcus Simeon wasn't the MVP of his own team. We all knew that going in. So how can you be the MVP of your league? I think Sal Perez knew for the, the only chance his team had to win was him catch every day and, and catch at a gold glove level, by the way. And, swing he had hunter dozier on the on deck circle and he 196 he couldn't walk so the fact that you know more home runs than we've ever seen a catcher hit driving so many runs yes yeah, on base percentage wasn't 350 but he he's playing a game to win so we have to think about these things now and we will when we do this show that tom Berducci came up with and randy you should be a panelist for it i love the idea hey i don't want to bury the lead here you believe Greg Amzinger, MLB Network on 101 ESPN, that we will not miss a game. I do not think we'll miss a regular season game. I do not believe that. All right. That's what we if, like to hear. If, if you guys want to, like, you know, clip that off and put it on your social media so people can be like, what does Amzinger know? He's wrong all the time. You guys go right ahead and do that. Go right ahead and do that. We use you every week. You're, you're our favorite <laughs> guest, so we've always got a Greg Amzinger cut on the social media. <laughs> Because I'm really good at putting my foot in my mouth. I'm really good at that. So uh, one last thing, 35 now, and you're a 40-degree guy, right? If it gets above 40, are you out there? I played yesterday, 41 degrees. The greens were punched, which in case you don't know what that means, folks, there are little holes in them to help the greens grow back and be nice and, and healthy. And I got to tell you, I played great. I shot an 85 and 40 
one-degree weather with punch greens. And I three-putted three straight holes, Randy. And I doubled 18. I'm getting long-winded here, but I was really happy with my game. And 85 in those conditions, I, I, felt, I couldn't feel my ears when I was done. But, man, I, I had a great time. I had a great time. Proud of you, brother. All right, man. I'll talk to you guys later. See you later. Have a good one. Greg Amzinger, MLB Network on 101 ESPN. Good idea. See, that's content creation right there. And it's fun. It is. That's Greg. Uh, That's Michelle. That's Dan. I'm Randy. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service. Text line 65780 because Take It or Leave It is coming your way on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Take it or leave it. Give us your feedback now by texting 65780. It's Take It or Leave It with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Powered by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. We have an early edition of The Fight. It's at 8.15 today, so if you want to participate, you might be the person to fight. All you need to do is text in to 65780. You also want to t- text in right now for Take It or Leave It 65780 because Michelle and Dan and I will all have our Take It or Leave It's for you. Guys, I will get things started. Michelle and I were watching yesterday on SportsCenter because they showed Benefer in the stands at the Lakers-Celtics game the other night. Great to see all the romance going on between those two. Could I interrupt you? Yeah. They weren't in the stands. They were courtside. They were courtside. Uh in the stands for a great performance by Jason Tatum, the St. Louisan. He had 34 points and eight rebounds. In the stands, his ex-girlfriend, Ella Mai, and his new girlfriend, Bella B, both at the game. Uh, take it or leave it, rookie move by Jason Tatum. Ella and Bella were both in attendance. Ella and Bella were both in attendance for Jason's game the other night. Well, he can't control what his ex does. Uh, he might be able to if he doesn't get her tickets. Oh, he got he got them both tickets. The report, apparently official, says Jason Tatum had new girlfriend Bella B and his ex girlfriend LMI at the game at the same time. Hopefully, they weren't sitting in the same row. Yeah, I hope not. That has happened before. Uh, that, by the way, coming from Osimo, one of the great websites of all time. So uh, take it or leave it. That's a rookie move by Jason Tatum. If it, indeed he had them both at the same game at the same time. I'm going to leave it. It's He's he's a veteran player and he knows what he's doing. Oh, I don't know. You don't want that to happen. Well, it's a uh, a rookie move if they're sitting together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want those two together. No, you got to put them in separate areas. Right. There's a yeah, TikTok. Opposite sides. There's a TikTok that was out, like, I want to say like a week ago of a Dallas Stars player that left tickets for four separate girl, like women well, to go to the game. And they all took a, a video together like, hey, we don't know each other, but we all got tickets. Because the tickets were right next to each other. Yes. They were yep. in the same row now, right next to each other. That is a rookie move. And I'll tell you That's what, what to say. that guy had a type. Oh, he absolutely did. Really? All these girls looked like clones of one another. Oh, well, really? <laughs> yes. I thought that they were all friends or sisters, but then if you saw the video, it was when you thought he was leaving tickets for just you. Okay, I got to check this out. Yeah. Who, who's Blue, the player? Blues play the stars next week. They didn't say who they it was, yeah, right? There's been know. a lot of speculation. I have an idea, but I... Give us an idea. Come on. He's a public figure. Come on. Speculate. <sighs> I don't I, know. Do we speculate? Don't get him in trouble, Randy. Yeah, I don't know, Randy. You're putting me on the spot. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, on, anybody, hey, we'll let the text line decide. Yeah, that's we'll right. We'll see who okay. they think it is. Okay, good. Yeah. 
So uh, Thursday night football, guys, between the Steelers and the Vikings tonight. I know all of you guys are going to be really locked into that one. But mm-hmm. take it or leave it. Mike Zimmer gets fired by uh, the end of the season. Well, that's definitely one to keep an eye on, Michelle. And I'm going to say <laughs> I'm going to leave it. You think that he's the coach of the Vikings for next season? I think he is. Yes, I'll take it. That he is the coach of the Vikings for next season. Simply put, take it or leave it, the Blues win tonight. Uh, I'm going to leave it, Dan. Okay. No, I'll, no, I'll take it. I'll I'm going to take it. They're playing the Red Wings. Hated Red Wings. We didn't Even think, with a diminished roster? We didn't think they were going to win on Tuesday, did we? Yeah. Right. And now we've got Charlie Lindgren playing, the Chuckster. Uh, we, come on, Chuck. Yeah. We will rally around Charlie Lindgren, and we will play <laughs> good hockey. That's right. He loved Dickie V. He's my favorite of all time. He's going in the Hall of Fame. Yes, he is. And after we were at the Hall of Fame ceremonies and we interviewed him in person, I can understand why he had so many players that would have done anything that he said. He is so captivating and motivating. He pushes all the right buttons just in talking to us mm-hmm. in an interview. If he would have been like, Michelle, I'm going to need you to eat three bagels and run through a wall. I would have been like, done, coach. One of the joys of my life is receiving random texts from Dick Vermeil. That's very cool. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, your text, 65780. Andrew, what do we got? Yes, from the uh, 636, take it or leave it, baseball contracts should be incentivized like NFL contracts are. Team incentives? I'll, I will take that. That's a good idea. I like, Some are. Yeah. I think that, you know, if you if you make it to uh, top three in the Cy Young voting, you win an MVP, that kind of stuff. You know. Well, I, I think there should be team incentives, a certain amount of dollars for each win that the team gets. To incentivize players to hit the ball the other way with a runner on at second and nobody out. Give yourself up to get the runner at third with less than two out, things like that. But I don't think agents would do that. No, sir. Because you're not paid to move runners over. Right, exactly. Not paid to win. Paid to put up a number. Well, technically now, you, you do get a share if you win. Oh, that, yeah. I don't think it's really talked about like, hey, guys, let's in July, let's go out and win this game so we finish it first and get our share. Yeah. It's 300 grand. It's, it's half of what the minimum is. 300 would be high just to win your division. Right, yeah. I mean, that's the World Series. World Series shares like three or 400, right? Uh, it, it fluctuates with every year. Yeah. Based on like in 06, I think it was around 300, something like that. Yeah. All right. From the 636, take it or leave it. Randy loses a fight by the end of the week. Oh, two opportunities. Dan, what do you think? I'm going to take it, by the way. You think you're going to lose after oh. a 10-game win streak? Yep. Or a 10-fight win streak? He's got 10 in a row right now? 10 in a row. Pressure, pressure, man. You can't handle the pressure? I or can't what? handle the pressure, Dan. So you're you're going to bet against yourself? I'm, just, I'm going to take it. I'm not betting against myself. Well, you essentially are by saying yeah. that you're going to lose. But I'm not putting money on it. Why it's don't you, just, you know, simple aren't you going to do the win-win-win and then just win, baby, and all that other stuff that you throw out at people? The way it's been for 10 consecutive fights, Dan. Understood, but you've got two more days in the week. and It's kind of getting boring. Oh. Now, here we go. There we go, Michelle. Here's the real Randy coming out, the trash talk. 
I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm going to win, but, you know, it's getting boring. There's a lot of people fired up about you winning 10 in a row on the text line. You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna leave it that Randy loses by the end of the week. He's on a Cardinals-type win streak. He might go 17, 18 in a row here. I'm not that smart. Andrew, how, how tough are the questions today? Um, I don't know. Every what, day, I think. What sport do you have primarily? I, I got everything. I got a little bit of okay. everything. A football, bag. I got a mixed bag. We got some college football. All right. So, and a little specific on the college football too. We got to really we got we got to get Randy today. You know, if you want to if Randy wins today and you want to get him tomorrow, throw in a WNBA question, he'll lose. Oh, oh yeah, and no. then he gets all upset too. Who won the championship this year? Seattle? Vegas? Chicago. Chicago won the championship this year. Well, don't use that quote. <laughs> Is it the Chicago Fire? I know it's the Atlanta Dream. Got one more? The Chicago Fire is the MLS team, if I'm not mistaken. The Chicago Sky. Sky. Chicago Sky. And the best player on their team came home to Chicago after leading the LA Sparks to a championship. Do you know her name? And led Chicago to a championship. Do you know her name? Is it Candace Parker? Correct. Good job, Randy. Wow. MVP of the finals. And then her daughter ran on the court after they won. 13-year-old daughter, and they hugged each other. They embraced? They did. Yeah, won't be using that question tomorrow. Yeah, there you go, right. I do my MBA, uh, WNBA work, and now we're never going to hear from it. I should have never said anything. Thanks, Andrew. You're on the welcome. street, do you get a lot of people who would say, hey, I could take you down? All the time. Yeah. All the time. I, I figured that happened. And then I just pop them right in the kisser. Oh, is that right? Why are you so violent? You want to fight? You wanted to punch a Red Wing they, fan? Now you want to punch they, they say, the average Joe listener? They, they come up to me, and they say, Randy, I want to fight you. And I say, okay, boom. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> Coming up next, what looming contracts will most affect your St. Louis Cardinals? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. A fresh perspective on the day's biggest stories. It's Character and Smallman's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnooks. Get the app that gets you. Download the Schnooks Rewards app today. Michelle Smallman, Dan McLaughlin, Randy Carricker. It's 805. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And the Cardinals will have some decisions to make in uh, the next year or two because they're going to have a lot of players that are up for contract renewals. Jack Flaherty, we know, is going to be up for a big contract. He, he wants the big contract. Dakota Hudson is coming close to that point. Uh, Tyler O'Neill is reaching that point. At some point, they're going to have to take take care of Dylan Carlson. So what's the biggest issue that the Cardinals have moving forward in the next three or four years in regards to getting a player under contract and how much that'll affect their payroll? I would think it might be the first name that you mentioned in Jack Flaherty. He's going to be a really high-priced player, and obviously we know when Jack Flaherty is healthy what he can do for your rotation and for your ball club, but he's made it very clear that he's not taking a hometown discount, and I think that that might be a very difficult decision for the Cardinals to make if given his injury history and what the price tag will be if that's a deal that they want to make. I, I think with all the guys you just mentioned, those seem uh, like candidates for extensions in spring. Yeah. You know, those are the kind of guys that Mo uh, historically has gone into spring and said, okay, it's uh, Alan Craig, it's Matt Carpenter, it's Colton Wong. 
You know what I mean? It's uh, Paul DeYoung. Usually it seems like he's got a target or two that he tries to extend before the regular season gets going. I, I The one that really intrigues me is Tyler O'Neill. Mm-hmm. He's got three years of service time in. So yeah. three years before free agency, but you can buy out some arbitration years. So Tyler O'Neill uh, had a massive year this season. Cardinals bet on him, and he came up big. And uh, if you start comparing him to, like, some of the other players that are out there, man, those guys are making big money. Mm-hmm. So uh, is he open to that? Do the Cardinals feel comfortable with an extension with him? You know, have you seen enough to say, yeah, I buy into it. What I saw last year is what I'm going to get for many years. Maybe not to that level. Maybe be beyond that level. Maybe it's sometimes it's a down year, whatever. But are you bought in from their perspective to extend him? And that's that's the one that kind of intrigues me. Isn't Tyler O'Neill a Scott Boris guy? I don't believe he is. Oh, okay. I don't. I, I could be completely wrong, Michelle. I, I don't thought know I had for heard sure. that. But because I, I, that obviously might. Yes, might... Boris Corp guy. Okay, oh, I was going to okay. say, so that could obviously be an impediment to the, the Cardinals extending him or getting him at a certain cost because Scott Boris is not known to Well, put it this way. <laughs> if I had that kind of year and I had my pick of the agent, I'd say, well, maybe I want to go to Scott Boris. Right. Yeah. I don't blame he him. He seems to get some pretty good deals for guys. But I know from mm-hmm. the Cardinals' perspective, that's probably not favorable for them. No. I don't know. I, I The way I look at it is, look, Scott Boris is a fantastic agent. He gets great deals for players, and he, he represents so many players. I, I guess if you're an organization, you, you say, you know what, fellas? Uh, we're going to have to deal with him one way or another. Right. Mm-hmm. So if it's Tyler O'Neill, it's uh, Matt Holiday, it's whomever. Got to deal with him. I mean, if you want the talent, he's got the talent. I am of the belief, just based on what he has said over the last three years, that the Cardinals are not going to get an extension done with Jack Flaherty. He he seems to be a guy to me that's locked in on reaching free agency and seeing what's out there for him. If if the Cardinals would be able to give him a five-year contract or even a four-year deal and buy out two years of free agency. He, he's got four years. So does Bader, by the way, four years of service time. I'd be really surprised if Flaherty would be up for that. I don't have a good feeling one way or another. I don't know. I, I don't know if they have even broached the subject with him about an extension. And maybe he's the kind of guy that goes, yeah, I take it. We just don't know. I, mm-hmm. I have not heard one way or another as to whether or not they've gone to him and said, would you be interested in this? Now, to your point, Michelle, I think the public sentiment has been because he's been, I, I think, especially during 2020, he was fairly active on social media mm-hmm. about, you know, some of the business side of things. Um, maybe that he would be the guy that would say, you know, I, I'll push this to free agency. But I I, I don't think we know that, that answer yet. Now, we may lean one way or another by past stuff, but I don't know if we know that yet. Yeah, he's a Mamba mentality guy, a guy who clearly likes to bet on himself. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if his injury history has shifted that at all. He also talks about how he has great reverence for the Cardinals and the Cardinals organization. I think a lot of fans assume it's a, a foregone conclusion that he's going to be gone and wherever he can get the most money or maybe if he could go home to, to Cali, that might be an option for him. But I don't know. That is something that he's going to have to decide because – Given the injury history, how desirable are you? What's your That's market really look like now? And, and, What's he look like going into next year? Right. Exactly. If you're the Cardinals, do you, because he's looked at big money. That's why he's avoided accepting the Cardinals offer and taking the minimum because he wants to go into arbitration saying, I haven't accepted anything because I value myself more than they do. 
And that's why I believe that he'll want a maximum deal. I do think there are more palatable deals out there for the Cardinals to make. They've wanted to make Harrison Bader the face of their franchise for several years now. Uh, when they did the introduction of the baby blue jerseys that entire offseason. Now he came back last year. And from a media standpoint, from a fan relations standpoint, he's terrific. And I would think that he's a guy with four years of service time and plays an important position and also had a good year offensively, relatively speaking, last year. He's a guy that if I'm Mo and Gersh, I want to get under contract for multiple years. Well, the one thing about when he was on the field this year, they were a different team. Now, Mm -hmm. is he hitting 25, 30 home runs? Is he going to drive in 90? Probably not. But defensively, is he going to save you a bunch? And is he going to put other people in positions that they're comfortable with? Yes. And everything Mm -hmm. seemed to calm down when he was out there defensively in center field. He's, He's a terrific player in that regard. But, man, all these guys you're talking about, um, Randy, Michelle, I, I I can make a case for all of them that these are the the extensions that the Cardinals would like to look yeah. at in spring training. Well, so let me throw two more out there. Because if I were the Cardinals, I would do it if I could get it at the right price. Reyes has four years of service time in, becomes a free agent in two years, arbitration eligible. And Dakota Hudson has three years in, and you anticipate now that he's going to be healthy. If I could get those guys, mm-hmm. if I could get... Dakota Hudson at a Paul DeYoung type contract level, I, I would do that in a blink. And I I have a lot of confidence that Alex Reyes is still going to be good. Now, do I go... I do too. Uh, I, I don't know if I go to a point where $9 million in the fifth year of, of, of a deal, but if I could get Alex Reyes for four years and 28, I, I think I might do that. The other thing you got to remember too is having an understanding of the history of the individual. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Alex Reyes has been hurt a bunch. And I mean, serious injuries to where you go, man, am I going to come back from this? Is my career done? And so when money is put to the certain players, and I'm not just talking about Cardinal players, I mean in general, some guys are saying, yeah, I'll sign because Mm -hmm. now I've got security the rest of my life. And I've been through these injuries. I've been through Tommy John. He had the pectoral thing. He had the shoulder issue. I mean, those are serious things for a pitcher. And I think we forget Alex Reyes has been in the Cardinals organization, I believe, now 10 years. Yeah, for wow. a decade. Yeah. 10 years. That's so hard to believe. That's a lot of work that he's put in to get healthy yeah. and get to this level and become an all-star. And um, so having an understanding of, to your point, Michelle, the agent, but also the understanding of the individual. And you look for certain guys that you feel are, are more willing to at least listen and accept what is being presented to them because of maybe family circumstances, personal circumstances, history of injuries, whatever. It's it's complicated. And if you're the club and you have a guy that you value, not value, you look at as a potential number one or two starter, and you th- you're thinking, okay, I could have him for the next four years and three of those, he might be that number one or two starter for six and a half million a year or so. You have to do that. And those two guys you mentioned are great candidates for this. They are. Who have been through those injuries, who know that your entire future can change in a second, in one second. I would have to probably see a full year of Dakota Hudson, even though that he's getting closer to these uh, numbers and years in which he makes some money. But coming off Tommy John, and and I loved what I saw at the end of last year. He proved that he was healthy and probably back to where he'll be. But the same goes with Flaherty. I mean, Flaherty at the end of the year was not healthy. So... Now you're kind of in a catch-22. Do you feel he's healthy enough that you would want to extend him, or do you want to see it? Mm-hmm. Those are those are the questions they have to answer. 
The Cardinals just want to make things palatable. And as we've been told so many times by Bill DeWitt Jr., I'm looking five years down the road. I'm not looking at this year. He's not looking at 2022. 2022, the hay is in the barn. He's looking at 2025, 2026. And I'd have to imagine that they have an idea maybe coming out of the lockout what uh finances could look like Mm -hmm. like for their own franchise and for the game itself so you know do you uh, what what kind of rules restrictions may might you have on certain players is free agency going to drop is arbitration years going to drop all those things so they're kind of a a wait and see as we uh, uh, move forward with this that's today's fresh take on 101 espn coming up we've got an early edition of the fight we're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Welcome to the fight on Character and Smallman. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive. Please welcome Randy Character. It's an early edition of The Fight on this Thursday. Danny Mac, Michelle Smallman, Carriker and Smallman with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN. We're going to talk to Darren Pang at 8.30. So we bumped up the fight. And thankfully, Lewis was listening. Lewis knew we were having an early fight. And he is joining us now to take on Randy. Good morning, Lewis. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Michelle? I'm doing well. Thanks so much. So, Lewis, are you are you confident going up against Megamind here? I mean, give me, give me something that I could put my bet on through FanDuel on you. <laughs> Hey, well, you know, uh, I'm a little disappointed there's no WNBA questions because Randy didn't even bring up Mizzou made Sophie Cunningham, second round pick nice. the Phoenix Mercury. Oh. So, see, Marcy, once I win today, Marcy's got to bring up some uh, WNBA on uh, tomorrow. That's all what right. I'm talking about, baby. All right, all right. So, I love Lewis's attitude because he's yeah. already talking about the fight tomorrow. That's, yeah. that's a winner's mentality. And, Michelle, he's not being arrogant like no. Randy. He's just, you know, stating facts. That's true. And fact, the fact don't lie. Like the Patriots are good. Fact don't lie. Randy doesn't want to believe it, but Thank they you, are. Lewis. They are. He does not want to believe it. Hey, Lewis, what do you do for a living? Uh, I work at uh, Vantage Credit Union. Okay. All right. Well, thanks uh, for playing. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your participation. Thanks for the facts. And let's get after it against Randall. All right, question number one for Lewis. During the decade of the 90s, only one quarterback threw for over 40 touchdowns in one season. Which quarterback was it? Was it Brett Favre, Kurt Warner, or Steve Young? Uh, um, I'm going to go with Steve Young. 2019 World Series saw the Nationals defeat the Astros 4-3 to clinch their first crown, which first occurred in this series. A, a booth review to end the game. B, road team won all seven games. C, winning team recovered from an 0-3 deficit. Uh, I'm going to go with booth review. Question number three, which NHL player has been traded for $1? Was it Ty Domi, Ray Whitney, or Ray Shepard? Uh, can you give me the options again? Sure. The question, which NHL player in history has been traded for $1? Was it Ty Domi, Ray Whitney, or Ray Shepard? 
Uh, I'm going to go Ray Shepard. Which Auburn Tiger returned an Alabama Crimson Tide missed field goal all the way to the house for the score to win the game 34-28? This play in the Iron Bowl is known as the kick six. Was it Sammy Coates, Trey Mason, or Chris Davis? I'm going to go with Chris Davis. All right. Checking our score here. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Waving Randy in, who's waiting patiently outside. Slamming a propel, too. Getting those electrolytes in before he competes in the fight. (laughs) Take your time, Randy. Never run to a mic. (laughs) Is that right? Who taught you that? Guess who? Mm Mm-hmm. How we doing, kids? Randy, um... Don't look at the sheet, man. What sheet? As you're getting settled in here... Trying to cheat. Say good morning to Lewis. Lewis, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing well, Randy. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks. It is, is it okay if we call you Lou? It is. That's, uh, I go by anything as long as it's not derogatory. Oh, mm-hmm. no, that's not derogatory. Very nice, that's, Lewis. That's an honor in this town to be referred to as Lou. Lou. Oh, yeah. That, right way too. You got to get that ready, okay. Andrew, after he wins. Okay. Lou. See that, Randy? After he wins. Uh-huh. That's says. great. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Randy, are you ready? I'm as ready as I'm going to be, Michelle. Ten in a row, by the way, for Randy Carricker. My he, goodness. Will he make it 11? Let's find out. Question number one for Randy. During the decade of the 90s, only one quarterback threw for over 40 touchdowns in one season. Which quarterback was it? During the decade of the 90s. This is in an NFL season. Correct. Only one quarterback threw for over 40? Yes. Okay. Um... Well, let's see. We had who was prolific then. Uh, it c- I could have seen eh, probably not Marino. Um, well, decade of the nineties. Kurt Warner threw forty three in nineteen ninety nine. What am I thinking? <laughs> okay, this is uh, kind of a tough question. Andrew, okay. if you want to chime in here with uh, any type of direction, okay, let me know. The 2019 World Series saw the Washington Nationals defeat the Astros four games to three to clinch their first crown. Mm-hmm. Which first occurred in this series? So that that's how it was worded. And, it's I, worded and yeah. to me, I think you need some options here. Okay. All right. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> well, that's what I was saying, Andrew. Really, what, what is the first, like, what first happened in that season? Which, what, okay. grammar, it's hard. First ever? What first yes. occurred in this series? Okay. You want option? I mean, I, yeah. Okay. Booth review to end the game. Road team won all seven games. Winning team recovered from an 0-3 deficit. Okay, well, winning team didn't recover from an 0-3 deficit. Uh, all seven games occurred obviously in 1987 for the Cardinals and the, the Twins. The road team won every game. So I'm going to go with a booth the review end of the game. Randy, which NHL player has been traded for $1? I have issues with question two. But I okay. <laughs> Andrew, I which I, player I, was I, traded for a, a single dollar? One dollar. Okay. Dave Winfield got traded for dinner. A nice steak dinner at Manny's in Ma- Minneapolis. Um, who got sold for a buck? You know, waivers used to be a dollar. 
I'll do the lifeline here. Is it Ty Domi, Ray Whitney, or Ray Shepard? Was a hockey player. Yes. What NHL player? Domi, Whitney, or Shepard? This seems like something that would uh, you would want to insult a guy like Ty Domi. Whitney was the second pick in the draft. Ray Shepard, he was a serviceable player for a while. Um, I will go with I will go with Ty Domi for fun. Which Auburn Tiger returned an Alabama Crimson Tide missed field goal all the way to the house for the score to win the game? 34-28. This play in the Iron Bowl is known as the kick six. Davis. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, we have a tie, gentlemen. Ooh. Now, I know that there is some discussion that needs to be had about question number two, but both of you guys got it wrong. Right. So, that one doesn't matter. What was the answer? Well, it actually happened in 1987. You had it right. It was to win game seven. So, it says, no MLB team has ever won every road game to win a World Series. But that's what it says on this website. Hmm. No, every road game. Okay. In 87, it was every... How was it worded again? Every... So every Boone, home team in 1987 won. Correct. The answer on this was B. Road team won all seven games. Road which team. Is, okay, I thought I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I wasn't. No, no, no. Okay, I was like, my goodness. But it doesn't matter because both of you guys got it wrong anyway. Yeah. All right, take out number two. I don't like that anyway. <laughs> Lewis and Randy both got two correct, which means, gentlemen, we're going to the tiebreaker round. So here's how this is going to work, Lewis. I'm going to read the tiebreaker question. Randy's going to write his answer down on a sheet of paper. We're going to give you first crack at it. We're going to give you about 10 seconds to reveal your answer. Then Randy will share with us what he's written down on his little post-it over there. First to get it correct or closest to the pin wins. Lewis, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Randy, are you ready? I'm ready. Here is your tiebreaker question, boys. How many all-time wins do the Detroit Lions have on Thanksgiving Day games? Love this question. How many all-time wins do the Detroit Lions have on Thanksgiving Day games? Randy's using his fingers. I see him counting over there. Um, He's writing something down. So, Lewis, whenever you're ready. uh, They play every year. I, and I know it's been a few years. I'm going to go with 35. 35 for Lewis. Randy. And I went with 31. 31. Did Randy win 11 in a row? Or did Lewis stop the train? Andrew, let him know. Sweet Lou! <laughs> stop talking about Larry. Brought to you by Optical Expressions, providing St. Louis with top quality eye care and eyewear since 1997. Lou, you did it. We are proud of you, buddy. You stopped Randy from winning 11 in a row. You called your shot. Randy, All Lou does is win, Randy, win, win. When you were in the hallway, uh-huh. he, he was win, talking about baby. tomorrow's fight, what he wanted Andrew to put <laughs> so, on the fight, so he knew. Uh, and I'm happy with that, and so you will go without Choices tomorrow, right? No, With that that's sort of only confidence? in the Hall of Fame. That's but if you're going to trash talk, <laughs> no, if you say, he didn't trash talk. He was just giving facts. He was if, just he's, being if, if he's talking about tomorrow, he's got a lot of confidence, right? Oh, Randy's getting mad. Like he's getting red. He's getting mad. He's getting frustrated. I love it. You better study up on that WNBA trivia. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so good. You, are you going to go without choices tomorrow? 
I mean, if we're asking WNBA questions, I mean, I feel like I already have a leg up. I know Sophie Cunningham's in the league. It's <laughs> for the Phoenix Mercury. <laughs> oh, there you go. With Brittany Griner, teammates. Oh. Yeah. Right. I don't think Lou is being cocky, Randy. He was just, you know, stating facts. <laughs> That's true. Lou has the, like the entire city good. on his back right now. That's right, Lou. How's it feel? Feels good. Yeah, it feels real good. <laughs> All right, baby. Lou. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We're going to talk to you again tomorrow. Yeah, I look forward to it. Oh, you, you want to say anything to Randy too. before you hang up? Uh, Randy, I do want to. I do want to say that uh, I, my friend's getting married this weekend, so you know I'm trying to trying to win for him. So I got that extra push. Oh, there you go. Are you friends with BK? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did BK get uh, no, married? I'm not. I'm not friends with BK. Um, but <laughs> if I was, I would. I would help him try to hit a softball a little better. Oh, wow. Lou, now that, that was a lines. shot. That, now that, now that you're talking shot. It'd be good to have Lou back tomorrow. I love it. Thanks, Lou. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. All right. Well, here are the answers. You're hot, man. Gentlemen. Oh, bitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was Kurt Warner. He's the only quarterback in the 90s to throw for over 40 touchdowns in one season. So here is question number two in its entirety. The 20, oh, Dan, that's no, yours. No, go, go for it. Okay, this, I know you didn't like question number two, so no. I was just going to jump in there. The 2019 World Series saw the Washington Nationals defeat the Houston Astros 4-3 to three to clinch their first crown. Which first occurred in this series? It was that the road team won all seven games. The NHL player that was traded for a dollar was Ray Shepard. July 9th, 1990, the Sabres traded him to the Rangers for $1 to avoid the waiver wire. And it was Chris Davis. He returned the missed field goal all the way to the house to win the game 34-28 to in the Iron Bowl. That was the kick six play. Awesome. And the uh, the tiebreaker was the answer 37. You had oh, 31 yes. and, mm-hmm. and uh, Sweet Lou. Lou had Lou. 35. Yeah, my Good. bad. Yeah. How many all-time wins do the Lions have on Thanksgiving Day games? The answer, 37. Close. Are you really mad? I'm furious. I can tell a little bit. You, you got red. You're hot. Yep. You're upset. That's the fight. Coming up next, Darren Pang on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. This is Carriker and Smallman. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Brought to you by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. Great floors for every home. With locations in Crestwood, Manchester, Overland, and St. Peter's. And online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Red Wings tonight. You'll hear the action here on 101 ESPN with the pregame at 6 and the action at 7. You'll also see the game on Bally Sports. John Kelly and Darren Pang will have the call. And Panger joins us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Panger. How you doing? Uh, good morning. I'm doing fantastic. Just heading, uh, just actually boarding an early flight here from Vegas back home and going to get uh, Ready for the big game tonight against the Red Wings. And Charlie Lindgren will be the Blues' starting goalie. John Gillies will be backing him up. And, uh, heck, we've seen situations like this where goalies are hurt right and left. But this this one seems to be particularly interesting for the Blues because you have guys that really don't have much history in the NHL. No, you're right about that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what, what can you do? You're going to look at a glass half full or half empty, I think, Charlie played some very good games while a member of the Montreal Canadiens. At one point, he was an up-and-coming prospect with them and maybe got lost in the shuffle a little bit, but a great opportunity. I mean, that's, that's what this game is all about, is to 
is to make sure that Charlie Lindgren gets protected a little bit more than what the Blues have been doing. I mean, let's face it, they, they haven't really started games on time. They gave up, what, 20 shots in the opening game against the Panthers. Now, the good news is they only gave up 20 in the remaining, what, 45 minutes, 42 minutes uh, of the game. But you, you, you've got to make sure that you're protecting the house and doing your best to back check like crazy, keep things simple, and keep things on the outside. Because the last thing you want to do is put – you know, Charlie Lindgren or John Gillies in, in, in a bad spot, especially on home ice where the Blues have come up with some good wins here. So, uh, again, I, you know, they're not going to have Jordan Bennington or Billy Huso coming up. I mean, this is at least going to be three games for either Gillies or Charlie Lindgren. So, I mean, this is a real moment to buckle up here, put on your work boots and suck it up and work hard for these goaltenders. Panger, we were talking with John Kelly yesterday about a lot of guys who have been stepping up uh, while the Blues have been going through this tough time. And Ivan Barbashev's name has gotten brought up. And uh, John Kelly said yesterday that he's one of the most underrated players, not only on the Blues, but in the league entirely. Do you agree with that? I 100% agree with that. I 100%. I've got such appreciation for Ivan Barbashev for everything that he does in the game, uh, for his hockey sense, for his commitment to the team. Um, you know, well, well, other players, you know, might, let's just say hypothetically, don't, you know, they don't play the amount of minutes that they, they want to play or think they deserve to play. Um, Ivan Barbashev isn't that guy. Ivan Barbashev just goes and goes and goes. He's got a great motor um, on the bench. He's very talkative. He's a very alert, very aware of what's going on on the ice. And, um, you know, is it a heck of a hockey player on the, on the, and I happen to think that if, it, if he got a little bit more candy on the offensive side, if he got a little bit more power play time, uh, that those, you know, that that goal production would go up. Let's face it, all the guys that are offensive-minded guys, they get a lot of the ozone starts. Meaning, okay, so let's say the other team ices the puck, and now they can't change. You get a chance to to change your lines. It's the same guys that go out there. The guys that are are the goal scorers, the guys that are the playmakers, the top six guys. And you know, Ivan Barbashev doesn't get those opportunities all the time. Well, now with the injuries, he's getting an opportunity on the power play, and he's capitalizing at even strength. He's been a terrific player, and and he's one of our most valuable paneling killers as well so yeah i'm i'm with jk all the way on this one and not just on the blues all around the nhl hey panger uh, two-part question here about jordan bennington um and you being a former goalie at this level um how quickly can you get back into to game action with the speed and and the various things that it takes to be a goalie and then what can a goalie do um, when you're not around the team and you're, you're not on the ice but you're you're trying to stay sharp is there anything you can do well, Dan, good question. And by the way, great job on uh, on Valley Sports Thank West, you, buddy. Uh, with Bernie. Uh, fantastic, a lot, lot of fun. Great to see you again. Yeah, yeah, a lot for sure. A lot of fun for for a lot of us. Um, you know, I there, there's so many mechanisms now that you can use. Um, there's you know there's um, there's ways that you can recreate um, situations uh, via almost video game, you know, goggles. Right. Uh, there's a vision aspect that you can do for concentration, for uh, peripheral vision, something that we didn't have, you know, when obviously, Dan, when I, when I was playing, you know, when I was playing, you just you kind of had to come back. Uh, you know, maybe somebody could fire some, some, some pucks on you, uh, you know, in, in quiet moments, and you're trying to get yourself ready and build up your stamina. But the biggest thing for me is uh, maybe not a direct shot, Dan, like a guy coming down the wing and taking a slap shot, you know what? A, a lot of that stuff is just, it's routine. You can square to it, you're it. used to it, get yeah, that kind of thing. Exactly. And, and reading the puck coming off the, uh, uh, you know, the stick of a shooter and having that patience not to go down first. But the ones that are, are the spookiest and the ones that you can never prepare for are the ones where there's, there's a kind of fly by screens. 
Um, the guy is just in your vision and then he leaves your vision and you can't find the puck off the stick because you haven't been concentrating like you have when you're on the ice every single day and facing 250, 300 shots in practice and then you're in the game situation. The battle in the crease, you know, just, just going post to post and out to the top of your crease and then back to your post and then watching somebody behind the net and then going post to post again, it absolutely burns your quads, your your hamstrings, your 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 butt. I mean, you are that that's the exhaustion. And when you get exhausted like that, then mentally you make a mistake because you're not as sharp. And those are the facts. And so there's no way of going around it. Um, you're not going to jump into it like like you were when you were playing. Panger, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Safe travels home, and we'll be tuned in tonight. Yeah, can't wait. Thanks, guys. See you later. Have a great day. You too. That's Darren Pang. He is at the Vegas airport making his way home for the Blues and the Red Wings tonight on Ballet Sports. Next up, you're killing me, Smalls, on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. What's totally killing Smalls right now? You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls, with Michelle Smallman on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by BMW of West St. Louis, the number one BMW dealer in all of Missouri. It's time for... You're killing me, Smalls. Well, yesterday, Dan, we got Randy all upset because we revealed that, according to the Football Power Index on ESPN, that the Buccaneers and the Patriots are the most likely Super Bowl matchups. And my disdain came from the fact that I think the Football Power Index is stupid. And he doesn't want the Patriots back in the Super Bowl. That's the key point. That's the key point. Well, I think the big thing is is somebody arbitrarily determines what a 61% chance of winning is. So who do you think is going to get in then? If it's not those two, who do you like? Chiefs. All right. Well, Randy's going to love this, Dan, because uh, at the beginning of the season, Bill Belichick had a 40-1 to long shot to win Coach of the Year. But after the Patriots have gone on this run, he actually passed Cliff Kingsbury, Arizona Cardinals head coach, as the favorite this week in multiple sports books to win Coach of the Year. Wow. That's a sweet narrative. How many times has he been coach of the year? I don't know if he has. It's one of those weird things where I never really hear him. I can't recall no. when he's been. He's had to have been coach of the year. When yeah. he went undefeated yeah. but then lost in the Super Bowl, out. you got to be coach of the year. It's unfortunate that he can't get his career record with Brady up to five, without Brady, up to 500 this year. But the fact that he's going to get so close is pretty good. I believe he's won it three times. Okay. You, do you know what Randy said to me during a break? I think you had stepped out. Is that uh, he said, well, I don't mean to be cocky, but, you know, I'm really not. I, I just have a 95% winning percentage when I win the fight. Did you not say that? And that's a fact, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I'm not going to talk about it because you don't want me to. Well, you did off the air. <laughs> 95%, huh? A lot of people are fired yeah, up, but can I jump into your killing me, Smalls? Jump right in, Dan. The lot, water's warm. A lot of people... Uh, are fired up on the text line, Randy, about your loss today. Oh, good. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. Well, can you give us a sampling? Sure. Um, I'd be happy to. I figured you would. Uh, let's see. Uh, Danny Mac, don't understand how Randy be so cocky with his music after he wins, but the second another guy wins, he gives it back to him, and he's furious. Randy, you're right about one thing. This is another one. Hey, you, you, are... you know what? I'm a sore loser. That's why. Well, that's exactly what this person said. Randy, you were right about one thing. You were no Tom Brady. Ha, ha, ha. I never expected you to be a crybaby sore loser. Well, I wouldn't say Tom Brady is a gracious loser. Yeah, not really. 
So no, maybe he's not. you are like Tom Brady. Maybe, maybe, didn't he give you like and Tom a, Brady are tight. Yeah. Did, didn't he give like a 55-second press conference a couple weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, he, his w- team he wasn't thrilled. Yeah. What would have been your press conference after losing? Wouldn't have had one. I don't show up. Is that something that we should do? Yeah. <laughs> after Randy loses, <laughs> he has to answer a presser. Yeah. Maybe I, I walk out like Cam Newton did. After the Super Bowl. Let's just say we're, we're going to have one today. Okay. okay. Yeah. And so, Randy, uh, you, you and I will be the media here, Michelle. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll start. Uh, yeah, Randy, please. Uh, As a rights holder, that's your, your right here. Go ahead. Thank you. You're our Calvin May. We're on, we're on Zoom. Um, Randall, 10 wins in a row. It comes to a close today. Um, how do you feel about the loss? I'm pissed. What, do you think I'm going to be happy about a loss? What kind, of, what kind of a question is that? It's a clown question, bro. Can everyone mute their Zoom, please? Thank you. Thank you. I had a couple people click. Multiple media here. Uh, Randy, following up on that, I know there were some discrepancies with question number two, but you would have gotten it wrong anyway. But still, I imagine you would like to air out some of those feelings. So here's your chance. No, it's it, that was fair and square. That was my fault. That one's on me. What do you think about your opponent? A very strong, very strong opponent. Can't wait to play him again. There was talk of WNBA questions for the fight Friday. Are you prepared to take on that challenge? Sure. Yeah, if we're going to uh, ask questions about the WNBA, then we can ask questions about food and we can ask questions about geography. If we're going to turn this into a non-sports trivia. Randy, watch yourself. Come on. Hey. It's very (laughs) much a sport. Your agent just popped up. There'll be no further questions. Thank you. We'll see you guys tomorrow. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. I'm already firing off tweets. The the tweet has been sent. I'll remember that. (laughs) And scene. Very good. Thanks. If you lose again tomorrow, presser. Okay, we'll do it. Thanks for your time, Randy. <laughs> Ten minute cooling off period, though. <laughs> you, you need it. Um, so some some good news. Tiger Woods announced that he's going to be competing in the PMC Championship on December 18th to 19th awesome. with his son Charlie. It. Yeah, he he put out a tweet yesterday. He says, although it's been a long and challenging year, I'm very excited to close it out by competing in the PNC Championship with my son Charlie. I'm playing as a dad, and I couldn't be more excited and proud. Now this is Tiger's first competition goosebumps. since that car accident on February 23rd. Do you guys remember that day? Even the news channels. If you mm-hmm. follow yes. CNN, I don't care, MSNBC, Fox News, whatever, everything stopped in our world to talk about that crash. Yeah. I mean, that is the impact that this guy has had worldwide. Everything. I mean, the president could have been talking and they were they had Tiger Woods in a sidebar. It was that same looped footage, too, yes. of the crash. Right. It was really scary. Same thing happened in 2010 when he got hit with an iron iron. And so you have a situation that you got the best guy that can move the needle even at maybe diminished skills coming back out i'll be watching i mean more i love golf i love it i think it's great i love the majors i don't miss a sunday even if i'm doing the cardinal games i got it on an ipad i i don't miss it uh i'm not gonna miss that i'm gonna watch him play i want to see him swing take it or leave it he has a cart that day i'm gonna leave it uh, I might take it. I'm going to take it. it I, I'm going to leave it. stage of the recovery, I would imagine. He might not use it, but I would imagine it might be there just in case. Well, first of all, can he do that? Because yeah, is, is this a sanctioned it's a, it's PGA? It's an exhibition. No, okay, it's, 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 it is an exhibition, yeah. so yeah. if he wanted that, that would work. Um, I don't know, man. I could see him saying, I'm going out there, and if I can't walk, I'm not going to play. I'm going to show everybody that I'm healthy. But I think this might be different because he's doing it with his son. And he he put in the tweet, I'm excited and proud to play as a dad. And clearly his son is... Uh, an excellent golfer and Tiger has been involved in watching his son progress and obviously being a, a major mentor and coach with him as well but I just I think that 
for him to put that in the tweet, I'm here as a dad, yeah. and, and that I think maybe if he was competing in a, a different event, those things might be at play. But I think this is more about him just being there for his son, which is really cool. I was talking with Jay Delsing the other day, and and um, this is prior to the news. I said, man, you said on the air that you really feel he's going to come back. He's like, oh, he's not only going to come back, he's going to compete. He said, now, when he talks about playing a full schedule, he said... Um, he never played a full schedule anyway. He said he would play mm-hmm. 13, 15 events. So he goes, I, I could see him doing that and going out and, you know, getting in. I'm sure he'll play in the majors. He'll play in some of the big events, probably playing his event, maybe in Arnold Palmer's event um, and Jack's event and some of the bigger non uh, majors. But uh, I think it's great. I, it's it's good for sports. It'll make Nike happy. Absolutely. Thanks, Michelle. You're welcome. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, is this the worst stretch of injury luck the Blues have ever had? It's coming your way with Michelle, Dan, and Randy on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Opinions matter. Time now for today's big thing with Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by... Together Credit Union, here for St. Louis, here to help you achieve more with your money. The St. Louis Blues take on the Detroit Red Wings tonight at Enterprise Center. It's a 6 o'clock pregame, 7 o'clock faceoff here on 101 ESPN. And the Blues will be playing without a good portion of the lineup that they expected to have this year. Robert Thomas out with a lower body injury. Obviously missing David Perron with an upper body injury. Uh, they're missing Justin Falk. He is on the, uh, in COVID protocol. Tyler Bozak is still out. Clem Costin is out for the Blues. Uh, they're also missing James Neal. They're uh, missing Jake Wallman now who left the other, the other night with an upper body injury. There are significant absences among the Blues, including their top two goalies, Jordan Biddington and now Ville Husso. And this is one of the worst injury stretches that I have ever witnessed the Blues have. I can't even imagine having a group this deep out for your team. And now with the fact that we have the cap and the Blues have to play short with only 17 skaters tonight, they'll they'll play the game with 11 forwards and six defensemen, I would think because they have been able to recall Nathan Walker. It's something that we've never experienced in hockey before. Vegas had I've to never do seen it, it yeah, like this with the Blues. Vegas had to play a man short last year because of the cap, but because of the ridiculous rule, COVID rules that the league has in place, the Blues can't replace players that are out because of COVID, because of the cap. And I thought what we saw out of the team on Tuesday, they had no business winning that game, not only with the players they were missing, but what we saw in the first period. And that was a real DNA win for the Blues, for them to be able to come out and fight and show the grit that they have and be able to pull out the win was really impressive. Now, obviously, you're hoping to get some of these guys back soon because I don't know how sustainable this situation is for this team. The Blues, because of injury, have only lost 39 man games. That doesn't include the players that they've lost to COVID. Blues have had seasons where they've lost two, uh, they've had 300, 280, 300 man games lost to injury over the course of a season. But because of COVID, the issues with this team are exacerbated. And the depth that they enjoyed at the beginning of the season, the reason that they're good is because they're so deep and that that depth has been burned through. Here's the uh, the key for the game. You ready for this? Ready. Yes. Okay. 
the goaler for the Blues needs to play like a NHL-style goalie. Keep them in the game. Charlie Lindgren is our guy. And the Blues need to be on the power play. The penalty killing for Detroit is now 26th. And they've been they've been really bad in the penalty kill in their last six games. They've allowed allowed at least one power play goal. Now that's one thing that I saw the other night, and I, you know, I was sitting in the third row. It's no big deal. Anyway, <laughs> so you uh, had a great view. I had a great view, man. I had such a good time. Best seats I probably have ever had outside of being the sideline guy and standing next to the the glass. But it was so much fun. But one thing I did notice, in all seriousness, is that the Blues power play is really good. And they move the puck. They're they they they're able to put a couple of units out there that can be competitive, and and have and give you that chance. I thought five on five they played well after the first being outshot twenty to five, but the power play was I thought guys really good the other day, and and I think that's a key. They need to get on the power play some way somehow. Detroit, by the way, it may surprise you, but they've got thirteen wins, and and about half of those have come um, in their last. Uh, I would say probably two to three weeks. They've actually been one of the top five teams in the league yep. the last two and a half, three weeks. So this is not an easy, this isn't like watching the the capped, the NHL salary capped Red Wings where they actually came back down to earth and they didn't have, you know, Dominic Hoshik, Brendan Shanahan, Steve Eiserman, Brad Hall, Luke Robitaille. The list goes on and on. <laughs> not that, it's not your, your mama's uh, Red Wings from back when. So, but still, they're playing better coming to Enterprise Center tonight. It's not the Red Wings that Randy was punching years ago. We hated their fans. Yeah, right. But when a situation like this arises, you can look at it as a negative or you can look at it as an opportunity for yeah. some other people to step up. And we talked about this earlier in the week, but Vladimir Tarasenko has a great opportunity that continues here. I thought that after the first period in the game on Tuesday that he really turned it on and was impactful for the team. But... He wants out of here if that's still something that he desires. And this is an opportunity for him to really step up and say, I am one of the best players on this team, and I am going to make my presence known. I find it interesting, by the way, speaking of Tarasenko, and it's one of the things that um, I was going to talk about on my show, but Emily Kaplan of ESPN had NHL trade notes yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw that. And she reported that Tarasenko is still on the market Obviously, we, as we all know, requested a trade this summer. Hasn't spoken public on it, uh, publicly on it, but hasn't reversed course. Quote, summer wasn't the best time to move Tarasenko, as many GMs expressed trepidation about his health. While the relationship between the Blues and Tarasenko remains imperfect, nobody in the league is sure if Armstrong will be able to pull off a trade. Wouldn't be surprised to see Tarasenko finish the season in St. Louis. And with all the and that was the end of her report. With all the injuries that they've had, uh, by the way, he was one of the best players on the ice. I thought he was invisible in the beginning, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it it was, you know, typical Vladimir Tarasenko. With everything that they've had happen with this team and the injuries that they've had, I, I, to me, you can't even afford to look at the idea of, of sending him somewhere else unless you're just bowled over by another trade that that you know you get yourself a big defenseman, which I do think they're lacking. Um, I can't see that happening. Not right now. No way. But Not with the injuries and the COVID situation, no way. When you're playing short because of cap issues, and you just have to power through this situation, that's the one thing that would benefit them is if they could get – and he did score his first goal in 11 games the other night. He'd gone 10 in a row without a goal, and that's his job. The problem that the Blues have is that when you look at the teams that have cap space – 
they really don't have much interest in adding a guy because he's a guy like Tarasenko, even at his best, scoring 30-35, isn't going to put Arizona over the top. He's not going to put Seattle over the top. Uh, Detroit is really young, and they're growing. But, but you know there's teams that need that kind of guy. When he's right and motivated, and he's shown he's healthy because he's going into some of the dirty areas that he would not mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. So he's shown that the shoulder is healthy. I mean, you know... He scored 30 or more goals five different times. Th- those guys aren't falling off trees, man. No, they aren't. But the, the problem is is that the teams that are good, they don't have the $7.5 bucks in cap space to be able to bring him aboard. Okay, now you're talking about reality, Randy, and I don't, wanna, I don't really want to talk like that. Right. This is hot talk radio, baby. The Rangers, by the way, how the hell did the Rangers trade Butch Navich? They had cap space to sign him. That the same is deal. a steal. Yeah, it's unbelievable. If a GM in the NHL looks down, they see Doug Armstrong calling them. They just they don't answer because they're like, whatever he's going to ask for, I probably should keep. Yeah. So he, I, he's I, been fantastic. Um, you guys would know better than I because I wasn't following it as closely as I I have this year. You know, the Blues were the worst team in the league when they won the Cup, and it was midway through the season. Mm-hmm. You think Doug Armstrong was on a hot seat at that point? Do you guys remember back at that point? And now I look at it, and some of the deals that he has made have just been fantastic. Yeah. And, and the deals that he made came to fruition, you know, like Pat Maroon, things of that nature. He held on to Pat Maroon, brought him to St. Louis. Pat Maroon scores a series-clinching goal as a big part of the Stanley Cup run. I mean, some of the things that he's done, and and consequently, since then, those – like. Buchnevich is a steal right now mm-hmm. the way that he's playing. Uh, it's just, he's he's done a great job, man. I think at that time, everybody was on the hot seat. Probably right. Because I remember to Tom's... Mike Yo was. Mike, well, no, he was removed from now the hot seat the pretty, pretty quickly. But I remember Tom Stillman came in studio with, with Bernie and I and had a lot of que- tough questions to answer as to why the team was not performing and why with that group of talent we weren't seeing the results so i would imagine if they didn't turn it around that season there would have been a lot of people who had to answer some questions by the way this is off the beaten path five seven three if someone is not really a hockey fan but would like to get into blues more if they go to a live game would they get hooked asking for a friend yeah absolutely oh it's so fun absolutely i've said this a lot if you have the means to try to do this call dan collins over at the blues Dan Collins is the best, among others. And you call him and you say, I want to get on the glass. Willing to pay, but I got to get on the glass. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see this thing up front. And you'll go there and you'll be on the glass and you'll walk away going, oh my goodness. Like TV does not do this justice. And the atmosphere at Enterprise and the game day presentation that they put on now. I mean, I, I did their games for years. It's different than what it was, and I thought it was good even back then, but now it's just at another level with what they've done with the arena and the ribbon boards and the huge scoreboard, but you will be hooked. It's it just yeah. even if you're a casual fan, you'll go there because of the speed of the game, the veracity of the the physical nature of the game. It's fun, man. It's a, it's a great time. That's today's big thing. Michelle, Dan, Randy on 101 ESPN. I went off the beaten path. You did, but that's all right. Coming up, Jeremy Rutherford going to talk a little bit more blues. At the bottom of the hour, Cardinal Ritter's Jamison Williams, the best receiver on the best team in the country, joins Carriker and Smallman. That's at the bottom of the hour on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. 
to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and our Blues Insider from The Athletic, Jeremy Rutherford. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Good, fine people, and Danny, too. Oh, what did he say? I had my headset Good, fine up. people, and Danny, too. What's your problem? <laughs> morning, Danny. You know, How you guys doing? we've been friends for a long time. We cover the Stallions late nights on Saturdays. <laughs> And this is how you're going to treat me? I love you, yelled buddy. At? I mean, come on, man. That hurt. I'll give you a big hug. I'm actually coming in the studio in a little bit. I'll give you a big hug. Oh, I love it. When are you going to be here? Uh, coming in to do uh, BK and Ferrari. I understand BK that. Out. What time are you going fun. to be here? Uh, 10-15-ish. Come on in the show. Get here early. Come right, on in my show. Yourself. Yeah. We'll, All right. We'll do the first segment together. Come on in. Sounds good. Okay, buddy. Can we do this segment, Danny? <laughs> sure. JR, tell us about Charlie Lindgren. What do you want to know about Charlie Lindgren? I wrote a book about him, so I, I'm really up to speed on everything he's ever done in his career. Yeah, no, this is uh, this is something, guys. I know you were talking about the injuries, Randy, and, and you go way back uh, covering the Blues in terms of uh, what they're dealing with here. This this is just amazing. And, yes, I guess there have been years where the injuries have piled up, uh, but nothing like this in terms of throwing the COVID into it as well. And, and I know COVID's been around forever, and I know teams have been dealing with it for a long time now, a couple of years. But with so many cases around the league, testing every three days, Justin Falk getting pulled out of the line of players going out to the rink last week in Tampa Bay, you know, e-bugs being brought in, you know, seems like every day. This is just unbelievable. So Charlie Lindgren will get the start tonight. That's expected. Uh, he, he spent some time in the Montreal Canadiens organization, uh, has 10 wins in his career, probably picked up the easiest win of his career couple nights ago just three saves he told us yesterday he got a phone call from doug armstrong on his way home and they joked about that so he'll be the starter because of this crazy crazy situation hmm. jerry you have a great new piece out at the athletic 25 thoughts about the resilient blues after 25 games and there's a lot to get into here but i wanted to ask you about colton pareko what's going on with him do you think he's healthy right now you know i tried to answer that question if he if he's healthy in the uh in the paragraph about him uh I think he is. I've not been told that he's not healthy. And I also look at the fact that he's playing about 24 minutes a night. And that's not a guy who, you know, you're worried about his health. Like last year we saw it. Uh, minutes were down. They shut him down because of the back. Uh, but he's looked healthy this year. To me, uh, it doesn't look like a matter of him getting around the ice. It just looks like a matter of him being aware and being physical, you know, when need be and, and making plays. And we haven't seen that in a lot of situations. I know that a lot of people don't put too much stock into plus minus. I'm one of them. Uh, but he's been on the ice for about 21 goals for, I think it's 28 goals against five on five and plus minus he's a, Minus six, that's that's worse on the team. So whatever kind of stock you want to put in that stat, you know, it hasn't looked good. So he's struggling, and, you know, you, you don't want to sit back and think about this big eight-year contract he signed, but you almost have to when you see the, the way he's played this year. Hey, Jr. did you hear us talking about Tarasenko right before the uh, break? Yeah. Okay, yep. so you saw the report by uh, Emily Kaplan, I'm assuming, where, you know, it's kind of still out there, floating out there that he could be traded, whatever the case may be. Is... is and I, I just made the statement, I don't see how they possibly could do that now with all the injuries and the things that they've had going on. Is there a market for him? Does he want to go? Does is he change the narrative with this whole deal? Where Where is that now that we're 25 games in? Yeah, to my knowledge, he still wants the trade. I think, you know, that's uh, been a common report around the league. Uh, 
what you guys were talking about, I agree with. Uh, Randy said that, uh, you know, how many teams that are in contention, true Stanley Cup contenders, have that kind of space and want to add a $7.5 million player, you know, as you get into January, February, March, you know, there's probably not a ton. So even if they're opening their eyes and saying, wow, he does look pretty good. He is playing better. The shoulder probably is fine. I'd like to have a player like that on my roster. You know, how do they make it work cap wise? And in the off season, I know there were some teams around the league that aren't cap teams that do have that type of space, but they weren't interested in adding Tarasenko and they wouldn't be now what they were interested in in, is being a third party to this trade and acquiring draft picks to help the money work for some team. So perhaps if that's how this thing ends up working, you know, a contending team gets Vladimir Tarasenko and, and that team sending the blues, a player sending, you know, picks elsewhere because they're absorbing some of the money, you know, perhaps, but, you know, every indication that I've kind of received within this season has been that it's more likely to happen next summer than it is during the year. And what do you think the appetite is of the Blues to do this? Well, right now it's just tough because, you know, trying to get through every single exactly. day. So, yeah, so you guys hit it, you know, on the head is that, you know, they could move them and, and free up some cap space possibly, and that would make all of these problems, you know, go away. Uh, but Doug Armstrong, you know, isn't going to – make a move for that reason he's just not you know if he's held out this long on a Tarasenko trade he's going to wait until he gets the best deal which typically happens in in the off season. so um, you know right now I see him being a part of this team and like I wrote in this article that just published you know has he had his moments where you think gosh you gotta you know trade this guy he's just not the old Tarasenko yeah there have been those moments but then there's other nights like the other night when he took over in the second period and helped win you the game and JR the Blues had virtually no offensive possession time in that first period. And then, like you said, when Tarasenko Buchnevich got going in the second and third periods, things changed dramatically. But it's going to be really hard for Craig Berube to roll four lines when he only has 11 forwards. You just When you don't have four lines, you can't roll four. So any point that they can get out of these games when they are shorthanded, to me, is a, a point that you bank and you, you move on. You just hope that you can get a point, let alone two. Yeah, definitely. And and gosh, you, you look at the Blues situation right now and you think, okay, well, this is going to, there's going to be a light here this weekend when you get uh, Bozak back. And then next week when Bennington comes back, but then, you know, something happens where maybe you know, knock on wood, there's another case or another injury. And then this, this stretch that they're going through just extends, you know, they're doing the best they can. Like you said, if you can get a point here, a point there, win a game here that maybe you shouldn't have won, that's really going to help. My only concern, guys, about this whole thing is you can fight and claw and, and have this resiliency and, and look great, but you're talking about you know a lot of veteran players and some younger players playing big minutes, and how much is this going to add up on the Blues? Like, What's this team going to look like Good in point. January and February in the dog days when they had to fight and claw like this in November and December? So so we'll see. So, But, but right now, all they can do, Doug Armstrong, Craig Bruby, the players, is just wake up and look who's, see who's on the schedule, punch a Red Wing fan in, in the <laughs> face, and, and, and just uh, see what they can do. You're the best, JR. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Yep, see you in a little bit. Thanks for the nice comments. That is Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues insider from The Athletic on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Jamison Williams, St. Louisan from Cardinal Ritter and one of the stars of number one Alabama. He's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. On the fly. 
Jamison Williams, extra speed on the gas and gone. Touchdown. has been fun to watch Cardinal Ritter products, St. Louis and Jamison Williams play for the top-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide this year. Bama will be in the Cotton Bowl on the 31st of this month, New Year's Eve, 3.30, and they'll take on number four, Cincinnati. And joining us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line is Jamison Williams. Jamison with Michelle Smallman. This is Randy Carricker. First of all, thanks so much for taking the time with us this morning. How you doing? No problem. I'm doing real good, man. Uh, just one of those days. I'm just chilling to practice and meetings later. I'm doing real good, though. That's what we like to hear. Hey, how has the Alabama experience been for you? For those that aren't aware, you went into the transfer portal, left Ohio State last year, and came to Alabama. How's it been with the Crimson Tide? Uh, the experience has been real well. I, uh, it's a great experience. Uh, I love the environment. I love the guys around me. Uh, we played real good football together, and everything just came came together at the right time. I would say uh, the things the things we were able to do this season were just unbelievable. We had a, a lot of close games. We can't we ended up losing Texas and them, uh, but we bounced back and we finished the season strong with the SEC championship. Now we're looking forward to going to the playoffs. So uh, I would say the experience has been very well, and I, I liked it so far. Jamison, you mentioned the guys around you, so I want to ask you about your quarterback, Bryce Young. Uh, obviously a Heisman favorite. He's an exceptional player, but as somebody that's with him day in and day out on the field, tell us what makes Bryce Young so special. Uh, he, he's very humble, and his mindset is very different. Uh, he, he separates himself from other QBs by just he does things different. Man. I just feel like he, he's going to be one of the greatest when he's done playing. Uh, he just he knows the game very well. He, he defenses very well. He knows where he's going to go. It's just uh, the humbleness actually takes him another level too because you will never see Bryce bragging on anything. Uh, he just know like this is what he does. So there's no point of bragging. So Bryce is a real great kid. At the end of the day, uh, I would I would say yeah. Jamison, that touchdown pass against Georgia, the ball was 60 yards in the air, and it was right on your hands. Does he do that in practice? Do, do, do you guys throw passes like that where he's on the mark every single time every day? Oh, yeah, that happens, that happens almost every day. We, we have a lot of practice reps, so we just we, we, we practice a lot of different plays. But on deep balls, that's, that's the ones that I look forward to the most uh, because that, those are the things that I like, deep balls. Uh, we 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 focus on that. We when I came in in the summer, uh, that was one of the things I was focused on getting the ball in the right spot. Uh, me and Bryce had a lot of work in the summertime, so I guess the chemistry and the connection was there since the summer. And when we got in the season, it was just easy with us being able to watch film on how these defenses play and going in with the game plan on how how we gonna run these plays and everything just been working out. Jamison, when you throw those deep balls, whether it was at Cardinal Ritter or at Ohio State from uh, Justin Fields last year or uh, from uh, Bryce Young this year, how many times have you been caught? Uh, I've never been caught. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think so. (laughs) I've never been caught. That's got to be a great feeling, man, when you know that you're going to be able to outrun the other guy. Oh, yeah, that's what I put my trust in. When I touch the ball, I just try to touch the end zone by any means, you know. Well, Jamison, a tough news losing John Mechie out for this the season and obviously the rest of the the playoff and hopefully the national championship for you with an ACL injury. But how do the rest of the offense, how do you guys account for losing him to that injury? Uh, I just see it as our young guys having to step up and play a big role in the offense. 
Uh, I, I have no, I have no doubts that our young guys are going to come in and get the job done. Uh, you know, we're Alabama, and I feel like everyone is talented enough to go in and play against any team that's on the schedule. So uh, I don't see things being a major drop-off or a drop-off at all. I just know that our young guys are ready for this position and ready for this opportunity that's coming up, and they're going to make some plays coming up. Hey, Jamison, what's it been like playing for Nick Saban? Uh, it's been very great. You know, he's the greatest coach of all time. Uh, it, it feels great playing for him after coming coming over and playing for Coach Day. Uh, things have been a whole lot smoother, a whole lot better under Coach Saban. He's a great guy, great coach. Uh, I love the way he coaches. Uh, it, it's just been great, I would say. And you're getting ready to face Cincinnati in a few weeks. Tell us what you've seen out of them so far. Uh, I've seen they had a real great passing efficiency defense. Uh, great team, uh, only undefeated team standing left. I'm just looking forward to playing playing those guys and hoping to come out with a dub and go to the national championship. And I'm sure that when you are Alabama and you see, and Coach Saban talked about this, you see that another team is undefeated or, in the case of Georgia, favored against you guys where you guys are an underdog. Alabama takes that personally when you're an underdog, don't you? Yeah, that's real personal. Uh, you see, uh, they said something like, Alabama, this is the first time Alabama has been an underdog in years, and, and that kind of triggered us. Uh, put a little more fuel to the fire. I guess we went a lot harder, like, knowing, like, we're no more team in the nation, really. So we just went out there and played with a chip on our shoulder, and, and it showed. Jameson, we're so proud of you, obviously, being from St. Louis to watch you on this big stage. What's it like for you knowing that St. Louis is behind you? Uh, that, that's major. Uh, I love the city. I feel like the city loved me. Everything I've done is, is, is partially for the city. Uh, it's, just, it's great knowing the city behind me. Yeah, we, we all are. When you were growing up, when you were going to Cardinal Ritter or even before that, was there a, a wide receiver in the league that you liked that you said, man, I want to be like that guy someday. I, I want to play that kind of game. Uh, it was always Odell because when I was in high school, it was the early years of Odell in the NFL. So I always looked up to Odell. His game just caught my eye by some by everything he's done it was just amazing to me so Odell would have been that receiving Jameson it's a little surprising to see you out there on the special teams play but I was reading that you actually prefer it that you want to be out there is that true yeah uh, I actually rather be on on special teams uh it's, it's just fun being out there with my guys I'd rather be out there on that fourth down punt than be on the sideline uh so I just want to have fun on the field as much as I can be on the field as much as I can so, yeah, I actually be on a special team. <laughs> you are a dominant player, 1,446 receiving yards this year, 15 touchdowns, had a lot of success at Ohio State, but now you're only two games away from winning a national championship. What would that mean for you, Jamison, to come away with a championship ring? Uh, it would mean a lot. Uh, that was one of the main goals coming into college, winning the national championship, and I'm actually in a great position to make it happen. Uh, it, would, it would mean a lot to me. I mean, a lot to my family. My family, you know, I had a lot of goals coming to college and everything. So that would mean a lot. It would be top on my checklist, actually. So what what were the other goals? When you uh, left high school to go to college, what other goals did you have besides winning a championship? Uh, I wanted to have an undefeated season. I wanted to win the Belitikoff. I wanted to uh, make myself a top pick in the first, first round. Was, those are the main things.
Well, it, it's fun to watch you play at Alabama. It'll be fun to watch you play on Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays in the NFL. And we wish you the best of luck on New Year's Eve against Cincinnati and then whoever you play in the national championship. Jameson, you're making St. Louis proud. Thanks so much for taking the time with us today. Thank you. I appreciate you all. Take care. That is Jamison Williams. Man, can he fly. He, Like he said, he's never been caught by anybody, but he's playing against the best of the best. That's the best defense in the league in Georgia, yeah. and they didn't have a chance against him. No, and all of those things that he just listed that were on his hit list, he has a chance to achieve all of them. Right. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. Could and, win a national championship, yeah. could win the Bolitnikoff, and could go in the first round. And much like... Jason Tatum and Bradley Beal in the NBA, he likes to represent the city, too. Yes. He's proud of where he's from. And so that's one of the reasons that we wanted to have him on, because he, he's a good kid, and he's going to do great things, not only in the next couple of weeks, but when he plays in the NFL, too. Yeah, proud of him. That's Michelle. I'm Randy, and thanks to Jamison Williams for joining us on 101 ESPN. By the way, it's not only him, but Hassan Haskins from Michigan That's also right. playing in the Final Four. For So St. Louis, well represented in the Final Four on New Year's Eve. Next up on 101 ESPN, we're going to get Danny back in here and cross things over towards the Danny Mac Show on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Time now for the crossover on 101 ESPN. by donating to this year's Carriker and Smallman 12 Days of T-Shirts fundraiser that supports Operation Food Search. Donate at least $25 online between now and December 13th, and that's only four days away, and you'll get a complimentary 101 ESPN T-shirt, a koozie, and a sticker as a gift for your donation. You score that free 101 ESPN shirt with the Blues logo, a koozie, and a sticker, and... Mm. Your $25 donation helps Operation Food Search serve the metro area during this critical time of year. Thanks to our presenting sponsors of this year's 12 Days of T-Shirts campaign, American Standard Heating and Cooling Contractors and McBride Homes, and a special thank you to American Standard Heating and Cooling Contractors for making a donation match of $500 to the 12 Days of T-Shirts fundraiser. Find all the details on this year's 12 Days of T-Shirts fundraiser now at 101ESPN.com. We cannot express enough how cool this Blues t-shirt is. So it's, please make your donation. Yeah. And we can't express how cool you are for participating and donating and being part of the BLIS. That's right. And we would love you to have a shirt to show off the, f- the fact that you're part of the BLIS. Yeah. Danny Mack, do you guys know there's a uh, Christmas party for 101? Is there? Yeah, it's today. It's the uh, Christmas party and... Uh, I, I'm a I'm a little down, guys, to be quite honest. But I went and got a, a little water. I saw Mike Ryder back there. He's he's got the uh, Christmas sweater on. I thought, boy, this is this is gonna be festive. But I, I I didn't get the invite. Danny, you can be my plus one. I uh, I think it's too late. It's not. It's never too. It's late. It's never too late. Is not it? Not for Danny Mac. No, no. You could win 17 in a row in September. You never know. Yeah. You, you could do. Cardinals did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you. You won 10 in a row, and that came to a screeching halt today, thanks to Lewis on the fight. Choked. I choked. I don't think you choked, Randy. I I think you you met a very formidable opponent on the fight today. He had the confidence, Lou did. He did. Mm -hmm. He knew what was up. He does, yeah. And Lou came in uh, just spitting out facts. No hot takes, just uh, just facts. Straight facts. Took you down. And you are still mad. Right now, you are turning red. I am bitter. 
Dan. What okay. are you bitter this is about? not going to change. Are you bitter about your performance? Is there one yeah. question in particular you would have liked to yeah. have back? Like, or do you need I to improve upon better? I need to listen better. That's definite. And I and Joan would uh, attest to that. Well, she never says that. Yeah, she does. No. You okay. just don't know it. Oh. Oh, yeah, I don't. I, I, I enjoyed your press conference after the loss. Oh. I thought uh, Michelle had some probing questions. Any competitor is going to react that way in a press conference. Mm-hmm. We had to get you off stage, though, as, as your agent. I had to, Thanks, guys. Yeah. We'll get you tomorrow. Yeah, I'm not going to smile We're after done. a loss. Come on. An overtime loss, especially. Heartbreaking. So uh, what kind of questions are we going to have tomorrow? Well, WNBA. You going WNBA? You going uh, NASCAR? That's right up Randy's alley. The, the I, I think is on there has to be a WNBA question, but it's not going to be strictly WNBA. I'm going to put a little twist on it. Ooh, okay. I love that. Love that. Remember what happened on question two today? Let's keep it simple. Hey, hey, you know what? what? Remember what happened to the last producer that asked WNBA questions? I'm just we, saying. Well, you guys have had like five producers in the last year. I'm just saying. Now, well, that's why I'm going to put a, I'm going to put a little twist on it, <laughs> a little twist on it, and you know what? I got to fix my grammar. It's as simple as that. It's on me. Well, I I just think you you know if you're going to it was kind of an open ended thing because it, it was you know what was a first in Listen. that World Series and you could have said well so, Joe Blow throughout the first pitch and you never know done why that. Why we're talking about the questions? Lewis had no problem with them. That is true, Michelle. Like, let's not put this on Andrew Lewis. He got it. He got it wrong too. <laughs> Look at Randy; he's getting mad. So coming up on the Danny Mac Show, minus BK, it's about forty-eight hours away from uh, BK's nuptials, and oh. um, uh, do you have a big clock just counting down? Oh yeah, got it on my phone. Love it. It's a TikTok clock. I'm not on TikTok. I refuse. It's to TikToking be. away. I guess yeah. is the you way you say. You know what I say? I'll get on the next thing because there's. No doubt going to be a next thing. Well, sure there is. And I, I'm just going to skip this one altogether. I'm just I, uh, I understand that. And I've, I've got Chris Trevino coming up. Oh, Chris, one of my guys. Maybe JR. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Um, Ken Cal, the radio voice of the Red Wings. Scores. Somebody was saying that this might be his final year. I, I didn't know that. There's a lot of hockey him. broadcasters that have been around for a while. Pat Foley's last year with the Blackhawks, too. Yeah, that's his final year. Yeah. yeah, that's that's right. So, but no, if you get the gig, you, you stick around and continue to do well, it. Well, you try. Yeah. Sure. It's a why, heck of a gig. Why not? It's got to be really a bummer, though, when you're as dominant for as long as the Red Wings were, and then they fall into the abyss, and they're one of the worst teams in the league for the stretch that they have, they have been. Think about some of the names I was saying before. Chelios, oh, yeah. Shanahan, Iserman, Hasek, Lidstrom. Hall, Lidstrom, Robitaille. And I mean, guys would just say, "Okay, I want to go win a championship. I'm going to uh, Detroit," and that's what they do. And there was yep. no cap, so they were spending crazy, and uh, they get guys paid and they win. Yep. I'm going to talk to Perry Turnbull in a few minutes. Former Blue oh, who was traded to Montreal in 1983, and the year before he got there, they had nine Hall of Famers on the roster. Is that right? Yeah. What are you, what are you visiting with uh, Perry for? We're going to talk about Montreal because I'm doing pre and post on uh, our pre and oh. intermissions on Saturday. So we're talk- we'll talk to uh, Perry Turnbull about his experience with the Le Habitants. Have you listened to how the uh, pre games are supposed to go? Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Okay, yeah, good. I'm going to listen tonight. Alex will have another stellar pre game at six o'clock. Alex does a great job. He does a fantastic job. So yeah, I'm just going to try to uh, keep the seat warm while he's gone for BK's wedding mm-hmm. and then he'll be back for sunday's game gotcha okay i'm looking forward to it sunday is an early start too we should tell you sunday 
the uh, the blue will drop the puck against the Ducks at uh, five o'clock pregame. That's an early start. Yeah. Or is that Saturday? No, that's Sunday. Saturday's Sunday. a five o'clock yeah. pregame. Sunday is a uh, five o'clock pregame as well. You didn't even mention Sergey Fedorov. He was pretty good too. How about when they had all the Russians? Have you seen that documentary, guys? That's I have. another one you need to no, see. Yeah. No, but I would love to. I think, really was good. it the Russian Five? I think it, it was. Mm-hmm. It is awesome. If you're a hockey fan, you need to see it. Talks about how they got out of uh, Russia, made it to the NHL, they got reunited, and then all started playing together, and it worked. I mean, Scotty Bowman had something going there. And he it did. Was, it was pretty amazing then to see how they they transformed the game. Yeah. With how they moved the puck and what their defensemen did, it, it's really interesting. You got to see it. It's pretty cool. Hey, before Saturday's Blues game against Montreal, what you got, Randy? Michelle is actually going to be over at Copper Fire in Belleville, Illinois. What are you doing over there? I'm hanging out at Copper Fire in my okay. hometown. All right. 16 drought taps, all served ice cold. And, Dan, the yes, specialty sir. slushies, including the new Gloria cocktail slushie available. In honor of the Blues? Yes. Yes. Okay. Delicious. And that all happens on Saturday from 4 to 6 with Michelle at Copperfire. Get more details at 101ESPN.com. Hey, good to hear from JR this morning. Good to hear from Jamison Williams. That was fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, Panger, Greg Amzinger. Looking forward to uh, hearing from Panger tonight on the Blues broadcast. And Greg Amzinger trying to come up with stuff. Well, that's what you do right now. When you got a lockout going. Well, there's stuff. You, there's always stuff you can talk about. Yeah, there is. Uh, great job today by our producer engineer, the one and only Andrew Marsh. Thank you, sir. For months through COVID, Thank when you. there was no sports. We we, we, get through we, this. we did okay. Yeah. Michelle, this was fun. It was. I'll see you guys tomorrow. We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning at seven. Have a great day, Lewis. Lewis. That was the Character and Smallman podcast on one hundred and one ESPN.